are you? He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. Check out the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern-day Yoda. I'm your huckleberry. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked its ass. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Mm-hmm. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos, motorheads, geek bloods, wasteoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right, all right, all right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It is Wednesday, December 14th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show coming to you live from the remote University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in the OG Studios in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Reminder, you can get your MBA. Feel like you're getting paid in the process. Want to find out how that's possible? Go to business.louisville.edu. We're here for three hours today until 6 o'clock. Text us on the Thornton Sex line at 502-414-1450. And as always, we're coming to you on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM. You know it better as the Big X. It's game day. Did you, know, whoa, 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 game day. did you know that? Judging by the reaction to the preview I posted this morning, a lot of people didn't. So we will get to that. Uh, we've got, I, I love, as I mentioned, they, we're, they just tapped out. There were a lot of people who were like, I didn't know we played today. I'm like, well, that's. that's I would the, just play Western. It's I'm awesome. glad I spent you know an hour and a half putting this together. I appreciate that reaction. But just you know, just say I'm, I'm reading this. We had another national story today. Another national college basketball writer today commenting on the state of the Louisville men's basketball team. Uh, we'll talk about that. We've got a, a little bit of bowl stuff to get to. By the way, speaking of scheduling for this week, I know I mentioned you know, we're going to try to get Jeff Brom on. He is out. The man's recruiting today and tomorrow. I believe we're going to have him on the show on Friday. So we'll get we'll be able to coincidentally pick. the same day I was going to eat a salad. Coincident? We'll have him on while you eat the salad. Is that, that, is, is that why he wouldn't even come on until Friday? He's like, I'm not. I'm. I, I took the job, guys. But if you really want me on the airwaves, I'm not you, coming on until it happens. You got to eat the salad. Yeah. It's all happening on Friday. Including, if we lose tonight, the preview for Saturday's Cardmageddon. If we could have Saturday, we could have Fenway Bowl at 11 a.m. kicking yeah. off the the Jeff Brom era, unless we lose, in which case ending the Scott Satterfield era. That's that, that's how the game is going to be defined. If we win, it's the start of the Jeff Brom era. If we lose, it's the end of the Scott Satterfield era. Then at two o'clock, Louisville's going to a basketball game. I'm saying it. I'm guaranteeing it. We're going to beat Florida A&M. It's going to be a celebratory occasion. I can't wait. And then potentially, depending on what happens tomorrow night, we could have Louisville Volleyball playing for a national title at 8 p.m. It's all happening on Saturday. We're excited about that. Saturday, man. Yeah, and then we, you know, we'll be lead into that with Jeff Brom on Friday. It should be cool. We're at the OG Studios, as I mentioned, in, here in Jeffersonville, so I will smell like motor oil for the rest of the day. That's fine. Um, <laughs> also, I can only hear out of one worse, ear. could be worse, by the way. I can only hear out of one ear. It's, it, I know you do this. Sean does that but, same thing, by the way. I always notice now, since you've – but uh, you at least have your headphones on. Yeah. But you only, you know, you, you use one ear when when you know yeah, you can't hear out of both ears. And Sean, he like when he's he does the exact same thing. Like when he's in the studio, he takes the great one. Men, great men think alive. I guess I don't know how you all do it. It, I, I it drives me crazy. It, what it is for me is I just don't want to be able to not to hear anybody like around me. Like if somebody's gonna like I hear 
somebody's moving, doing something behind me or something, I want to be able to hear it as well. See, I'm just trying to pretend that like nothing else exists when I'm when I'm doing the radio, so I can stay focused and not let anything distract I me. I spent the rest of my life doing that outside of yeah, work. I, I figure I might as well. You of know. course, you're in the production room at the, the you know our standard studios, so like you can see people come in. Like it, it would take a like I, I'm not going to miss anybody if they need to get my attention. They'll I'll see the door open. So well, I got, you kind of have to stay the more. The problem alert. is I have this giant window right here that's in the hallway. And it's kind of I, I can see it in the corner of my eye, but like if someone was to walk up to me, like there's still there's still moments where TJ's little head right here, the cutout face, just like makes I don't want to say scares me, but startles me. You could get strangled here. Like I, I I'm there's gonna be one day I'm gonna be sitting here doing something, and I'll be in a zone. I'll be you know putting you know say next on the on the radio, which we'll have tonight as well, uh, or somebody on the radio, and I look up and there's gonna just like be some like creepy silhouette of some dude just standing in this window. It could happen. And I'm just going to probably pee myself. I'm a little bit upset at the lack of Christmas decorations here. I was thinking, I don't know if it was Dugan's job, or I thought I'd pull up to some sort of winter wonderland. Uh, nothing here. It's still just as dark as ever. Nothing on the outside, nothing on the inside. You got the Louisville stuff and the sports stuff here. Well, I, we also have to call out. I don't know who's doing this was. I don't know if they knew we were coming here today. But in here, we have a horse Stuffed animal draped in a Kentucky scarf. That First is, of all, that's that's Howard. This is Little Howard. That's Little Howard. Okay, Little Howard's on the mic. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah, I noticed that last time I was here. Yeah, they, oh, I thought this was just because they knew we were. Coming no, here. no, this they did. That, I think they did that last time after after the game, and he's been sitting there since. I want to take him down. I mean, that's that's that that is what we're playing for on, uh, now that we got that right there. That little stuffed horse wrapped in a in a poor. UK blanket. That's little. That's who we're playing all this for. That's what we got Jeff Brom for. That's what we got rid of Satterfield Scott for. Scott Satterfield did this to me. He did this. He Scott. I'm the the reason why I'm staring at a tiny horse with a Kentucky scarf draped across him right now at three thirteen on a Wednesday is because of Scott Satterfield. Because Scott Satterfield is why you don't be able to look at the stare at that tiny horse every day from three fifteen on at the other studio. Jeff, first question. That's gonna be the first question on Friday. How you going to get us little Howard? We need little Howard back. He's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and then the interview is just going to end. Uh, again, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. talking about our penis, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Alternate name. Uh, TK, how was your Tuesday night? Uh, eh, it was Tuesday? Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. Today's uh, Wednesday. Not, nah, didn't do a whole lot. I ended up rewatching Boyhood again. Okay. So, but that's like that's like two hours long. So. It's a long movie. It is a long movie. I mean, you got to watch The Hill Kid grow up and everything. You do so. It took even longer to film, but other than that, that's all I really did. And I, I, I kind of actually I got home from, from the show, ate some salsaritas, did take like a two hour nap because you know long day, hard day work, and then that's when I woke up and then watched the movie. Nice. So pretty pretty productive yourself. It was good. We we went to Brown Park to look at the Christmas decorations, which took a lot less time than we thought it was going to. So so we drove out to to Bashford Manor. We looked at a couple other decorations, then had a a pickup at Target. And like Mary was picking up the order that we had there, and I'm like taking the kids around looking at toys, and we realized this was I tweeted about this last night. This was not a I'm, I'm making a joke for Twitter. John, he's still he's you know he, he says a few words here and there. He's been saying Dada for a while. He refuses to say Mama. Like like we'll not do it. There was a period there where where Mary would say like say Mama Mama, and he would say Dada like laugh about it. Maybe maybe it's just he's having trouble with the M. Okay, well last night the issue was. He now will say Elmo. He's a big. He's big into Elmo. Okay. Elmo song is like the only thing that gets him calm down. He saw these little Sesame Street toys, and he's like Elmo, Elmo, and like pointing at it. And Mary is like, I carried this little son of a around in my stomach for nine months. Like he wrecked me. Like I, I, I still hurt. Uh, like I, I pee a little he's bit a when I kid, laugh. Yeah, <laughs> because of you. 
and you won't say mama. And somebody last night was like, well, what's the, he, like, John is obsessed with Mary. Like, like, it is his favorite person in the world by a wide margin. The boy is just playing mind games. This is very much a, like, you treat, like, your crush like crap Maybe to try to get her attention. Maybe he thinks she's dada. He won't do it. No, I mean, he calls me dad. Like, he'll, he knows who she is. Like, we'll say, okay. we'll say, like, where's mama? And he'll look right at Mary and, like, grab her and, like, hug her and smile. And, you know, where's dada? Where's Virginia? Where's Penny? Like, he knows everything. He'll say dada. He's even tried to say Virginia a couple of times. He makes no effort Good to say mama. That one. <laughs> we, yeah, we, we've settled Virginia. He, yeah. But he, he makes no effort to say mama. And it's the funniest <laughs> thing in the world. It just Like, Mary's like, I would have bet my entire life at six months. Because he, like, there was a period there where he, like, would not let me hold him if Mary was around. Like, just would not. Like, now he's warmed up. Still prefers Mary. But definitely, like, I'm second favorite. Back in the day, though, Mary's like, I would have bet my entire life savings. This kid was going to say mom as his first word. And no. Nope. No, not at all. Say ball. Says dada. <laughs> says Elmo. Won't say mama. Says night night. Won't say mama. It's hilarious. I enjoy it. It's coming, though. At some point, he's going to come around. But he just, you know, he's, he's, he wants her to notice him. Wants her, he's playing hard to get a little bit. Uh, but that was, our, that was our Tuesday night. It was fun. So we both just like kind of watched the growing up of a child. Exactly, it was, it, <laughs> yeah, the both, same exact. Thing. We both kind of watched it. It was very similar, very similar ways. It was the same exact thing. I we, was, I think, I was mumbling "mama" at one point. Probably. <laughs> We've got football news to get to today, but we start uh, with the the. I'm gonna try. I'm, I'm gonna make a concerted effort today, because yesterday's show, my guy Justin Rank, he always listens to the podcast and texts me about it at night, and he, he was kind of reacting to the first segment yesterday, and I was like. The good times are done when it comes to, to get today's show. This was yesterday. Because now I'm going to get set off by the text line, and I'm going to talk angrily about basketball for like two and a half hours mostly. <laughs> My goal today, and Jan, don't want to hear from you. Don't want to hear from did, you today, Did Jan, Jan come back at you last night after she, the show? Yeah, she, she says some more stuff. But she's, it, I mean, Jan, she's not being mean. She's, just, she's doing what she thinks is best as a fan. I just happen to, dis- to disagree. I'm going to try to talk about Louisville basketball without letting my heart rate climb over 120. Because I, I checked the, I, I do the Fitbit now. I've got to keep monitoring on the heart. I got, I got to keep keep tabs on the heart. And I looked at it yesterday. And usually when I'm sitting down here doing the show, it's you know it, somewhere in the 80s, 90s, sometimes 70s. Depending on what I say, pretty much. And yesterday I looked at it and, and like 505, I was like, what was going on? Like out of nowhere, it just jumps from 85 to like 113, and then goes to 120. I'm like, I'm like that's not good. We 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 need to keep it lower than that. So I'm going to attempt. To keep the heart rate down today, while I talk while I talk about this Cardinal basketball team, we should match your heart rate like with with the podcast of things I've said to you. We should see if it spikes in certain areas. It probably does. <laughs> you haven't killed me yet, although I've got another another thing tomorrow morning at the hospital, so I'll keep you updated there. If, if this basketball team has destroyed me, this basketball team, this, this, heart, this doctor's annoying me. Trevor, just come and talk to me while I, while he does my heart. They're rate. killing me. It's very much the after Stanley has his heart attack and he has to wear the heart monitor, and every time Michael walks next to him, it starts, it starts beeping. Uh, it's kind of the same thing. So that's what we're working with today. Jeff Borzello wrote a thing for ESPN that we can talk about as well uh, for ESPN titled What's Behind Louisville's Poor Start to 2022-2023? It's becoming... Is it going to be trendy now for everybody to do this? It's starting to become a thing. Okay. I think everybody's realizing that like it becomes... The, the stats become slightly less traumatic or staggering if they beat Florida A&M on Saturday. So like, got to get the post in when we can. <laughs> it's, it's a... 
That actually sounds about one hundred percent true. Like Tyson said, had me on last week, and, and Mark was because I was like, I was like, yeah, I was like, you guys might want to wait. You know, we we got football stuff going on. Like, I, he's like, we need to do it now because you guys play Florida State this weekend, and that seems like a winnable game. Like, we don't want to be doing this after you guys have just won. We want pure carnage. And so I did it, and then we still lost to Florida State by a billion. Zero and ten just gets a lot. One and nine just doesn't get the same clicks as zero and ten, right? Or one and ten if we beat Florida A and M. Yeah, zero and ten. You got, you got to make sure you get it in. You, you got to make sure you make that happen. Um, so yeah, the, the stories are coming out. I do like that. Like some Louisville fans, are like what's taking the national media so long to know? I'm like, oh, they've they've been talking about it. We just haven't been the focal point like it is right now. And some of the stuff, like the Vicini podcast, came out. Two days ago. I just hadn't had a chance to listen to it until yesterday. And so I think stuff like that has been happening. It's just not getting that much attention. I think because, California likes us right now. Yeah, you, I mean, God. <laughs> I went on a I went on a betting I foolishly went on a the BetQL Daily podcast today to talk uh, about odds and ends. And I thought that they were, they just want to talk to me about Louisville stuff. I'm I'm like, because we are such a betting just historical, again, not covering the spread in nine games and not coming within seven points of covering, I thought it was going to be, no, they just want to talk about general college basketball. And I was like, oh, this is great. I was like, I, I can, they were like, let's talk about Maryland UCLA tonight. I'm like, great. Let's, let, let's do, absolutely do that. Let's not, not one Louisville question. It was a refreshing 15 minute conversation because uh, I do this for three hours every day. But we will take your questions on the Thornton Sex line about the Cardinal basketball team. A football note to get to, and, and we'll talk also about this weekend which I think is going to be a big-time weekend for Cardinal football. A lot of commits coming, a couple of transfer products, uh, pro- prospects coming. We'll talk about who that is and what they bring to the table. But two notes to get to on football before we get into the basketball conversation. One, K.J. Cloyd, Louisville linebacker. We mentioned um, you know, Ben Perry pulled his name out of the portal, another linebacker. Um, Dorian Jones is keeping his name in the portal, presumably to go to Cincinnati. But we found out today, KJ Cloyd, the second Cardinal player now since Jeff Brown was hired last Friday, who is coming back, pulled his name out of the portal. And that's, look, linebacker is going to be a position of need. We're going to have to have depth there. KJ Cloyd provides that depth. That's a nice re-addition to the roster. That's good news there. Power of the Brom. And as far as the staff, as the staff continues to take shape, we found out last night, Purdue tight ends coach Ryan Wallace is going to come with Jeff Brom to Louisville. If that name sounds familiar, Serious Kentucky ties there. His dad, Kevin Wallace, is the head football coach at St. X. Uh, was oh, at yeah. Bowling Green before, one of the winningest was, coaches yeah. in the state of Kentucky in the last uh, decade and a half. And last offseason, Ryan actually, like, there was a poaching attempt. Scott Satterfield tried to go get Ryan Wallace to leave Purdue and join his staff at Louisville. Wallace said thanks but no thanks. He's now saying thanks to Jeff Brom and coming to Louisville. So that's a, a solid addition. Another guy who seems to have solid... Uh, a, a solid background, solid reputation on the recruiting trail. So staff continuing to take shape. Solid good taste, it sounds like, too. For sure. For sure. Well done. Um, do we have to transition to basketball now? It's already. It's only like 320. Can't we talk about something else? Is there a nonsense thing that you can bring up? Ooh, ooh I got something. I got something for you. Thank God. It is. <laughs> I kind of brought this up to you slightly yesterday, and it, it kind of went on a little bit last night when conversation with somebody. So I don't know if you remember yesterday I was telling you about. So a while back, you, we went over the new slang terms, right? We did. We quizzed you on. And I and I think I did. I don't know if the word well would be. You did better than you thought you were going to. Yeah, and, and, and I, didn't, I wasn't as irritated as I thought I'd be because, like, half the new slang terms aren't even, like, there's not even, like, creation to it. It's just, like, they've taken, like, the original slang and. Like cut it in half, or they just they try to make a new version for it. It's very lazily done. But then again, what isn't done? 
lazy lazy nowadays. So like, I'm I'm talking to my buddy the other day, and I, I, I'll get back because I told you this yesterday off the air, but I'll tell people on the air now. I'm talking to my buddy the other day, and he's he's my age. In fact, he's like six months older than me, so he's like 42, almost 43. He's got you know a 20 something year old son. He's got a 10 year old kid. He's a grown man, all right. And we were talking about something, and he made a comment, and I was like, "Oh, really?" And he's like, "Oh, no capping, man." No, oh, no. And I just kind of looked at oh, him like, no. w- w- "What?" He's like, "No cap, man." I'm like, "No, no, can't do it." You're, you're forty. I was like, "Dude, you're forty years old." He's like, "Well, what? I'm just, I'm just saying it means not. I'm not lying." I'm like, "No, it means you look like an idiot saying it." And he just so we got this debate on like whether. So my question is, I guess now to you and to the 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 our our, our text line, at what point can you stop using new slang? Like, what is the age limit? There's a because I mean I still say I mean I still use my own slang, you know, cool beans and stuff like that from when you know it was. Well, you have your own language, and I do have my own language as well. But at some point, like, like you, I'm 42 years old. I don't need to be going up to someone and being like, "That's cray cray." I mean, that's. You know, I don't even feel like I should be able to say bling bling. I mean, bling bling was like early. You're talking about slang that was like early 2000s and like 2010. Yeah, well, in, in, in 2000, I was 20, but I was 40 in in, in my own mind. My so, friends, my uh, Danny, who I do the podcast with, his kid, who's I believe eight years old now, told him that he was sus the other day. It was. <laughs> I think that feels like it sounds like he's saying I'm something cool. No, like is it like sauce, it's, like sauce garter? No, it's slang for I believe suspect. The, the so kids, it's not even slang; it's just half a word. The kids say sus these days. I, I I'm not allowed to say. You know, there's an old saying about, and this doesn't pertain to you. You are still single and mingling. No. There's a, a thought that like men when they get married, they just dress the way that they are at that point in their lives for the rest of their lives. Like like their their fashion. They're stuck in time. It's, yeah, when you get married, like your fashion just remains the same for eternity, which is why like you see like dads. Who are seventy now wearing the same things that they were wearing when they were twenty eight? Um, is that is that the is that by the mindset of like you just kind of give up? You're 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 just stuck. You stop evolving when it comes to like culture. Well, because you don't have to. I mean, you're busy. Yeah, you you, you, you yeah. won the game. There's no impressing anyone else. I guess. I guess. Yeah, that, that's kind of that's the, the the general. I don't know if the same holds true for language, but there does come a point where, and it's weird because I I see a lot of old white male journalists who use. Kind of slang talk. Oh, this guy's on, not white. He's on still Twitter like and stuff. Doing it. <laughs> well, uh, on Twitter, but like the same people. If you ever heard them actually saying what they're typing out, would sound just horrible. <laughs> and sometimes, like sometimes, like I'll I'll type things out for like joking purposes, and then like I'll say it out loud in my head. I'm like, oh no, you can't, <laughs> you can't <laughs> did you, do that. Did you use modern slang. You need to stick with tight. Like that. That's <laughs> tight is where you got off. That that that's where your that's you, what I'm saying. Like you. That's should, where your language evolution came to. I mean, this is a good way of like you know not even like, you shouldn't have to carry IDs. Just listen to someone use their slang, and you can tell where, when they're born. Pretty much. And you're not allowed to use slang. Pa- like what? That's the, but that's again like like. I know you. I, I joke and say bling bling because I was like twenty when that came out. Even though I still don't use it, mainly just because it sounded stupid. But like, at what point, like twenty five, like you shouldn't be using new slang. Thirty. Thirty is definitely the cut. Sure as hell, no. I know the lines well before forty three where he is. When you're getting eyeballs at the like kind of younger bars, that's when you have to cut off the slang. Well, if you're if you're at a certain age, hanging at, at a certain bar, you probably have other problems to begin with I mean. I, well, like i remember like when mary, mary and i both got we got married we were both 29 okay. I, I turned 30 shortly after we got married 
But the first year of marriage, like we still were, we went to bars and stuff after we'd have dinner and like we're hanging out. Like we wouldn't stay out like till four a.m. Like yeah, we but were you're not in our going to like a Fourth Street club, right? Yeah, this was, but like still, these are like the the St. Matthews bars that like mo- are mostly attended by twenty somethings, like like kids either in college or fresh out of college, like the, what, where we used to go when we were in our early twenties and mid twenties. I did. Still- and so the, one of the last times we were there in, in like that capacity, where it's like we're going out to get drunk and have fun with our friends. I remember I was walking past these these group of kids and like one of them was like so many old people here tonight and I was like <laughs> I was like that's it I was like this is it yeah, Tom, well, that's what happens with being silk is closed or <laughs> I mean, there was one time that same first year Mary had taken a work trip to California and it was December and I'd gone out with friends and like we ended up at the bar and like this group of college kids they recognized me and they're like Mike we took I took a picture with them they bought drinks and like a bunch of my friends left I'm like I'm gonna stay here and party with these kids and the last thing I remember I walked home. Our house was, was, it's not a short walk, but it's short enough that you can make it. And I'm walking across Shelbyville Road, and I share one of them, like, oh, bleep, Mike Rutherford is bleeped up. Like, <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you can't do this anymore, man. I was like, I was like, once you hit 30, that's when my language evolution stopped. I, I, I can't say dead ass. I can't say cap, no cap. I can't say can't, sus. sus. You can't do any of that stuff. I can't say pretty much anything that's on that list. And I shouldn't have to because it just doesn't, it sounds Sounds bad. Sounds, it sounds like you're trying to. Yeah, it does. It just doesn't sound doesn't, doesn't roll off the tongue naturally. And when he said it, it was the same way. Like it sounds it's, sus. It's, he, he he looked like like a overweight black version of that Steve Buscemi character who's trying to act cool in the hallway in that meme. Right. You know, and, and that's just like, dude, no, no, you just not go go away. Just leave, and that's no cap. You know, I'm just get like out of the house. So I was just curious. I didn't know if there was. Like I mean, because I know I guess clothing is another line. I mean, you should—that's that, a little more obvious. But the language thing, like, like I mean, I was still doing little bars, I guess, at thirty. But I can't remember the last time. I mean, my my slang ended in like nineteen ninety eight. So yeah, I mean, and I, I think you shouldn't even go that. I mean, you should be probably cut around twenty four, twenty five for moderate for a kid slang. Because if you're talking like a sixteen year old at twenty five. Well then, that's. I mean, don't expect to. Don't be surprised to see Jason. You know, one the hands, Chris Hansen, hanging out in your bake kitchen, waiting for you one day. Patrick says, "Sus is short for suspicious." Well, I looked it up, and it's not. It's, it's suspicious or suspect. So I like how I like how some wrong. of the slang terms now is just like usually stuff. used, usually referring to someone acting kind of homosexually. Sus. I've seen that. I've seen it used in that context before. But it also can just be around the the using the extra words because it's too PC for that now. What do you mean? Just to call him sus, and that, and that shouldn't that be wrong? I mean, well, like when you say something, like you know, like it's you know, it used to be like no pause or pause or whatever. Like that was what people said. It's the same no, thing. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. No, no, not not people I know. Well, I know. <laughs> we, we know that, Trevor. But it's a like no that's, pause. Yeah, it'd be like pause. Or before that, it was no bleep, which you can't say now. Yeah, it's the same thing. But sus also, it's kind of evolved into just meaning like yeah, you're being you're, you're suspect. No, all I think of is the Google hunting scene. I just I'm thinking of Kevin trying to cut out words in his sentences to make things go faster. By the way, Patrick's texting me at like eleven forty five today. I'm on the way to pick up my my daughter and niece from school. I don't think I got texts. And, and Patrick's like, I'm hearing, you know, we're the ones who said thanks but no thanks to Austin Reed. Like he wanted to come here. Like I'm like, aren't you in school, Patrick? I'm like, I appreciate the information, but like, what are kids doing these days? Oh no, he's have you, have you not seen some of his class schedule? Oh, I know he's not taking much. Yeah, I which mean, I applaud. I was very much the same way in senior year, but I still wasn't texting like people the, in the middle of the, the day. Mark Sanchez like senior year USC schedule going on. I mean, Liner. Where Liner was it? Liner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like ballroom dancing. He took he took uh, ballroom <laughs> dancing. It was his only class. He had to take one class. Uh, God, Liner was a legend. What a, what a life! I bet, I bet Liner was still using slang terms now. 
Yeah, I think he is. But he's, he's... <laughs> um, so that was, yeah. yeah. So we're, so we're, uh, Patrick we're, didn't go to school today. He's just letting us know. Oh, well, Couldn't make it to the show either. Apparently. So we, can we establish that if you hit 30, you can't use modern slang? I or, think that's fair. Or any slang post your 30 years. I think that's fair. Okay. But again, hard set rules, they don't apply to everybody. Like if you're, but like, it just uh, doesn't if you're a famous person, you can do it. No. Then you just sound even more pathetic. Because then it sounds like you're just hate, trying to hang on to like the, your glory days. You, you look like Madonna doing anything she's done over the last 25 years. Trevor, I think they'll, they'll take your criticism and be okay with it. I think <laughs> they're, they're probably going to keep doing it. Texas, LOL, sus doesn't mean acting homosexually. LOL, wow, if the show was bigger, you all would have Karens after you. <laughs> There's no way I could be on a bigger show. That just shows in your mind. You think, <laughs> no, that was a that was a text. Oh, this, this oh, that's angry guy. That's he's just trying to be angry. I'd have been canceled months ago. <laughs> yeah, that was angry guy. Uh, Texas, I can tell by Rutherford's tone that b-ball season has gotten to him. We all feel your pain. Oh, it has. I mean, I, I've said it before. Like, I'm trying to make jokes to cover up the fact that like my soul is slowly being ripped apart inside me. Something that I've loved my entire life is looks nothing. Like it has been before. You're asking for But me, I'm dying. You're asking for me to bring up my my two AM stoned ponders right now. Yeah. That's the desperation level you're at. No, for sure. Uh Texas, how much combined ass do you think Leonard and Reggie got in college? Oh my God. Oh Lord. Leonard was remember Leonard had like a thing with Kristen Cavallari from Laguna Beach when he was she was still in high school and he was a junior in college. I'm like, I'm, what are you doing? I'm not familiar with Laguna Beach, but okay. You, you're not even familiar with Laguna Beach? It's a beach, right? In California? It, a, it is. It was a TV show that was like huge no. in two thousand four, two thousand five, two thousand six. I was watching sports. She was well. Matt Leiner was a was part of that, and he was dating. First of all, you we're not just watching sports. <laughs> you bring up more movies and TV shows than anybody. I, I was know. doing that too. No, well, yeah, but I don't watch that. Was that was one of those probably shows that was on MTV, wasn't it? Yeah, but even yeah. if you didn't like watch I have, it, you I have, been aware I have religiously of it. attempted to avoid MTV since probably '98. Were you unaware of the Hills? <laughs> that, that have eyes. No, the show. Yeah, it's, it's I know because it's, uh, 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 I only know it mainly because some Family Guy, Pete, uh, Brian banged one of them. Well, that was she also she got her start on Laguna Beach. She was oh, the, it was okay. Yeah, it was a big it was fan. reality. As you know, how, you know, I hate reality shows. I know, but still, like it, I don't, I do too. But I'm aware of their existences. And she was a she was a big deal. She dated Lionel briefly. Lionel was, and then he ended up um, knocking up the the, the the USC basketball player. Kind of took him off the market briefly. Somehow he just got a pass on that too. Like nobody cared. He was fine. Texas says, um, <laughs> uh, hey, Trevor, why say a lot of words when few words do trick? <laughs> it's true. Uh, I mean, <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Like, I remember when you were going to that slang list with me. I was like, it just, it sounds like they just, most of it's just like new versions of already that already has slang terms, which is ridiculous in its own right. But the other half is just like half words, like cray cray. I mean, come, seriously, why do you keep bringing up cray? Nobody said cray cray since like two thousand eight. Well, because that's the one of you I remember. Texas, it's all YouTube trash kids re- that re- they repeat on the school bus. I used to drive. It's. I thought that I kind of was keeping up with trends fairly well for a uh, while there, and then in like two thousand ten, two thousand eleven, people I started realizing that like. There were people out there who I'd never heard of and that nobody I knew had heard of who were millionaires and had like 1.2 billion views on YouTube. And that very much has become – like there's a whole different like, like life like, in, in the really, younger are generation. Are they really millionaires or are they crypto millionaires, no, which they are, is not real they millionaires? they are millionaires. Okay. These people are making hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars a month, and it's insane. Like, 
you know, you, I, I did the same thing. I kind of roll my, I'm like, there's no way. And then you look it up and you're like, oh my God, like there's an, I feel, I feel like when we were growing up and for every other generation, like the older generations weren't into the same things that we were, but they were at least aware of it. It's like, there's an entirely different existence now between the generations. Like, like was, was your, when you, when, when was, was your family like down with what was cool when you were a kid? I mean, yeah. I mean, it was just kind of like, like I'm trying to think of what was different with video games and sports. It's, it's like, yeah. I mean, my mom. I mean, my mom didn't get the video. I mean, like my, but the music. AIM, stuff, I my guess, was the big thing. Into. Yeah, I mean, like, but yeah, my mom's only like 19 years older than me. So when the internet came out, like, you know, we were on AIM chatting and stuff. Like that was kind of the only sort of secret life that you had. And even then, like, my parents like knew about it. But like now, <laughs> my mom still can't figure these out TikTok stars and these YouTube stars. Like, we're not even aware of. Like, there are names that mean nothing to us. That every single like, um, like Patrick was trying to explain to me like on San X Trinity Rivalry Week and stuff, they get cameos from these YouTube and TikTok guys to like take shots at the other side. And again, it's people that like, they have these whole like language that I don't even know anything about. And I mean, Joey Wagner was promoting bringing these these YouTube guys into town for a big event for the the UK U of L game. They were in Lexington and stuff. And like I've I've never heard of any of these people. And I click on their names on Instagram, and it's like two point eight million followers. And ever like all these, I'm like. It's a, again, it's a whole existence, it's a whole world that I have zero familiarity with, and I guess I never will. Have you have you done the the the, the, the test that, that, that I realized you know that I have way past my day is when you go look at like SNL and you don't know who the host or who the music act is, or you go to your you know that you kind of scan through the uh, the talk shows each night and go see who the guests are, and you're like, yeah. I can't tell you any of these. Like, are these people? Fa- I, I mean, I'm kidding you not. There was in the SNL a couple weeks ago. I had to Google both of them. It was uh, SZR or something. Was, yeah, I don't know. And, and, and I know I don't. I still Kiki don't know Palmer what. was the host. Yeah. Who? Kiki Palmer was. The yeah, host. yeah, yeah. Still don't watch. She's famous. Trevor, nobody's. Uh, I love you. Nobody's surprised that you don't know. Who I read her Wikipedia page. I still don't know why she's famous. I mean, she's an actress. <laughs> Uh, This isn't nothing good. It was like B-movie stuff. we got to take a break. When we come back, we will talk about basketball because we have to. More of your text on the Thornton's text line as well at 502-414-1450. It's game day edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. continues next here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. Welcome back in. Wednesday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Live from the UofL College of Business Studios in Jeffersonville today. We now have, I guess it's almost official, the World Cup final this weekend is going to be Argentina versus France. France going for back-to-back World Cup titles. They currently lead Morocco 2-0. It looks like the the miracle run for the Moroccans is going to come to an end in the semifinals. So we're rooting for Argentina? I guess. I mean, do people? I don't. I don't even. I mean. I mean, you, Argentina hasn't won it since like what, like '86, right? Has it been that long? I think it's been a long time. I could be wrong, uh, and I don't know why I just randomly pulled '86 out of my rear end. But watch it be that right, and I'm, I'm gonna be really proud of myself. But uh, but and but France has also won back to back. Yeah. 
So, you know, I mean, you don't want to see like a three. No one's repeated since, what, Brazil and the 40s? Well, no, our, France hasn't won back-to-back. They're going for back-to-back. Oh, okay. So Germany won in 2014. France won in 2018. I don't even know. When's the last time they repeated it, I wonder? Uh, it's probably been a while I think Brazil that, did in the 90s, I believe. Oh, was that was okay. Maybe that's where I was thinking the stat was from. Argentina, by the way, you're correct, has won two World Cups, 1978 and 1986. They've oh, been, come on! They've been runners-up three times, 1990, 1930, and 2014. I've read, so, I, I read that stat before I had to have, and it's, just, it's somewhere how it stayed in my head. Once again, very impressive. Thank you. What sticks I think with I you? credit for that one, right? Almost equally impressive what doesn't stick with you. <laughs> the fact that I could... I can pull that trivia question out of my rear end. England last won in nineteen sixty. Say what? England was nineteen sixty. I knew that. Yeah, I could not have told you Argentina. So the the last time we had back to back champions, it, actually it was Brazil, but it was all the way back in sixty two and fifty eight. Okay, so it was a long time ago. Been a long time. Yeah, because Brazil. Oh, yeah, because not in the nineties. Brazil. Yeah, Brazil. Because Italy won in ninety four. With the one that was in America. No, Brazil won in 94. Is it, is it they beat Italy? They, is that beat, what, oh, they beat Italy. Okay, is that what it was? Yeah. bad. I was thinking that they had won the year the, in 90 before, but that was Germany. And that was... And then that France... That East or West Germany, though, right? Or was that... Because they, they, weren't, they weren't a full Germany yet, I don't think. Just says Germany. Okay. I wonder, but, if they, I wonder if they've combined their stats in some way. Who knows? But France beat Brazil in 98. That prevented them from winning back-to-back titles. And then Brazil did win. So Brazil played, played in three straight finals from 94 to 2002 and won two of them. But now we've got France. I'm being told by the uh, 86 versus was the uh, was the hand of God goal. That's that. Maybe, guess, that, maybe that's why it stuck with me. Then I don't know. Maradona. Yeah. Uh, okay. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. The Thornton Sex Line. Let's talk about basketball. Let's go. Uh, Three, we hey, we made it forty five minutes. Three forty five. We've got to do it. Cards taking on Western Kentucky tonight. We this is the third trivia, third most played opponent in Louisville basketball history is Western. Can no. you name one and two? Uh, Kentucky's third. I'll say one is Cincinnati. One is Cincinnati. Correct. Okay. Who is two? Um, I don't want to say Memphis because I don't think that's right. Is it Memphis? No, no. Our Memphis State. Is it? Are you are you guessing? <laughs> are you telling me? Or are you guessing? I need a guess. No, I think that seems too easy. Um, I'm gonna say. Yeah, screw it. Memphis State. Memphis State's correct. Okay, sweet. Memphis is, is second. Cincinnati's first. Western Kentucky checks in at third. This will be the... I would have probably had a hard time guessing Western is third. This will did. be the 83rd game between these two teams. Louisville leads the all-time series 42-40, to 40, uh, but it's not nearly that close in recent decades. The Cards have won 26 of the last 30. They had won nine in a row before last season's loss uh, in Bowling Green by 10. The last time, follow-up trivia question. When is the last time Louisville lost back-to-back games to Western Kentucky? 94-95? Less close this time. <laughs> it's been a long time since Louisville lost to the top. That damn 40s Louisville team, man. Back-to-back. <laughs> that was a decade to forget, I'm telling you. Any record is going to go back to the 40s. <laughs> the history makers, they just keep taking us back to the 40s. Uh, Louisville also once lost a game at Western Kentucky in 1936 by a final score of 2 to nothing. Um Love that stat. We, I'm assuming that was some sort of forfeit. But the cards, <laughs> the cards got off to a slow start against Western Kentucky. They they dropped a, a ton of between the 30s and the 40s. They only won one game over Western Kentucky since then. Since the 40s ended, it's been all cards in this series. Unfortunately, now uh, Louisville is a seven and a half point underdog, according to Vegas, as of this morning uh, against Western Kentucky. And again, this is a home game against a Western team that is fine, but. 8-1 is a good record. It's their best uh, nine-game start to a season in 
15 years, but they haven't really played anybody. Well, it's the Akron by 21. Akron destroyed them in the first round of the, the, yeah. the, the Paradise Jam or whatever tournament they played in. They've been okay. The stats indicate that they're good at a, a number of things, but they haven't really played quality competition. That's not going to change tonight. It's not going to change before they get into conference play either. <laughs> I still I look at this Western team. There are there are way too many pieces back from last year's team, which I know the game was it was a 10-point win. It felt like it was like a 20-point win. They really dominated that game to feel any degree of confidence uh, about Louisville potentially getting right and winning their first game tonight. Davian McKnight, who was the leading scorer last year, is the leading scorer this year. He's a he played at Collins High School, was Mr. Basketball here in the state of Kentucky back in 2020. He's coming off of a game where he scored 32 points against Wright State, who we lost to earlier this year. Western beat him by four in their most recent outing. He was 13 of 17 from the field in that game. McKnight is not – he's not a – this is one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country, statistically. They're 18th in the country in a, a three-point percentage. They're second in, I think, three-point mates per game. McKnight's not that guy. He's not going to take a bunch of threes. He turns it over a little bit, but he is an electric finisher around the rim. He's a great mid-range shooter, and we have not shown any ability to keep opposing guards who are good off the bounce from getting into the lane and doing whatever they want. So that makes him a little bit dangerous. They also have a couple of really good outside shooters. Emmanuel Acott transferred in from Boise State. He's made at least one three in every game this season and is shooting 46%. Luke Frampton, who we've done a really good job against the last two years. And I think he's been there for a about eight years, it feels like he's been there for a long time, and I'm, and I'm mad. A lot of these guys on this team have been there for a long time. And, and, and it gets, and it drives me nuts that every time when I'm watching the, their game, and he hits someone says three. he comes alive. No, Randy, no, Randy Lee won't say it. Oh, it's, I've like, heard it before. Oh, they avoid it. I'm like every time, I'm like, come on, say it. Frampton comes alive. Jay Alter from the ACC Network you said it got one time. Too man, it's, 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 it's first of all, I know it's low hanging fruit, but how many Framptons you got to meet, really? Yeah, I mean, it, I, 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 I don't know any other Framptons other than. Than Luke and uh, you know Peter. The thing is, he you see he's been there forever. He's he started his career at Davidson, played two seasons there. This is his third season with the Hilltoppers. Uh, he's shooting fifty eight point three percent from three coming into tonight. He's made four or more threes in five of their nine games this season. He's only scored two points combined the last two games. He's been kind of you, you can take him out of the game a little bit by marking him on the outside and making sure you don't leave him. However. If you've watched Louisville this year, you know <laughs> we're not exactly great at identifying shooters and then sticking with them and not overhelping. So expect Luke Frampton to hit statements. a billion threes tonight. It's, yeah, I mean, it's, it's what it is. Other guy, I think the guy that everybody knows who's a Louisville fan is Jamarian Sharp because he's seven foot five. Yeah, uh, His offensive numbers are down this year. He's only averaging, like uh, I think, around six points and five rebounds, but he's still the nation's leading shot blocker. 4.8 blocks per game. He dominated us inside last year. We had no answer for him. He had 14 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 blocks. Uh, he'll be doing his thing again tonight. Look, they are, they're a well-rounded team. I, I think that you could probably make the case that they're more talented than, than we are, just pound for pound. And say what you will about our talent, it's, it's not nothing. Like We have, we have four-star players, by and large, on this team. That's not typically what Western Kentucky has because of their transfers and because of some of the guys that they've developed uh, over the time. Like they've, they might be more athletic than us. They've got a seven foot five guy that kind of defeats our size inside. And they got better shooters than we do. Certainly is it a team that shoots the ball. Well, they take care of the ball. Well, they generate the third most, most steals in all of college basketball. And God knows you don't even have to have steals for us to turn it over at least 16 times per game. Um, they are really good at sharing. They're 18th in the country in assist percentage. They don't rebound very well. 
There's another. We've played a bunch of bad rebounding teams that have still managed to out rebound us because we don't crash the glass with any sort of urgency. I don't know why. I'll never understand it, but whatever. They also they're kind of they struggle to get back in transition. We don't run very well, but we should be. And the the biggest thing that Western does not do well, they're a horrific free throw shooting team. 66.1%. They're almost a better three-point shooting team than they are a free throw shooting team. Uh, They don't shoot free throws well. Hopefully we can take advantage of that, but there's nothing. Hack a hilltopper? Hack a hilltopper, maybe. There's nothing on paper that says, unless Louisville just miraculously starts playing with more urgency, effort, and fire than they have all season long that we're going to win this game. Like It, it is going to take... Oh, that's one hell of a pep talk, man. I mean, it's not my... <laughs> ju- it's not my... I'm not paid millions of dollars to pep these guys up. I see the locker room. Guys, we might as well just end it now. <laughs> to- po- toasters over here, plugs here, b- bathtub there. Well, no, I'm saying like, like <laughs> if they miraculously do look like a team... We keep waiting for that, right? Like we keep, Every single time out, we're like, maybe they're going to play hard this game. Maybe they're going to play with fire. Maybe they're going to play like this. It means something to them. And it has not happened yet. Through nine games and two exhibitions, we have not seen it yet. If this is... A, I mean, I, I can't emphasize this enough. This is not a great Western Kentucky team. This is not a Western Kentucky team that should come to your place and be favored to beat you, let alone be favored by seven and a half points and have the home team's fans feeling like they have no shot before the game even tips off. If Louisville does come out and plays with some fire, plays with some energy, has a coherent game plan that they can execute, they can win this game. I just, I, I'm not going to predict it at this point because we have a we have a large enough sample size to believe that it's not going to happen until we actually see it with our own eyes. So, mm-hmm. like, like Western is, again, they're not so good that you can't come out and play a really good game and a really hard game and knock them off. But they're certainly good enough that if you come out and look the way that you have through nine games this season, which is just, woe is me, whatever, like, just, let's get this, these two hours over with, yeah, they're going to win the game. And they're probably going to win it and cover the spread like everybody else has against UofL this year. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Other notable things about this game. Uh, and little, the best of businesses <laughs> for, for not the driver. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Western Kentucky, they have, under Rick Stansbury, I, I think the biggest thing that has frustrated Hilltopper fans since Stansbury got there, because he's brought talent in, he's always going to bring talent in. Um, Whether it's legal or not. they te- well, now, it's, now it's all above board. It, it, it's good now. They oh, Don't underestimate Rick. They have played Power 5 talent very well. Like, like they tend to play up to their level of competition. They've been really good when the, the, the lights have been the brightest and they kind of play down to their competition and see USA play and take a couple of losses that they absolutely have no business losing. But they're 11 and nine against power five teams since 2017, 18. And almost all of those games have come on the road. 17 of 21 games of those games have come on the road. Their most recent win over a power five team was us last year. Their most recent road win over a power five team was Alabama back in 2020. I don't know if you remember that game. It was hilarious. Like they they called a goaltending in the last minute for Western Kentucky that put them ahead by set, by two. Nobody in the building realized it, and they didn't change the score. Was that the one? No, no, I'm thinking another. Yeah, never mind. No, they didn't change the score on ESPN. So Alabama comes down. They think the game's tied. The only people in the whole arena that know that like Western's up by two are the Western players in the Western bench. <laughs> so Alabama comes down. They they get a shot blocked with like seven seconds left. They all go back on defense. Western dribbles up the clock. The announcers are like, what are they doing? What? what? And like they start celebrating, and like the Alabama players are like, what? The Western Kentucky players are talking bleat to the crowd. They're yeah, like, they're I, jersey, I, and the crowd is like, what, what? what's going on here? And nobody had any idea. It was the, one of the weirdest games of all time. 
but they did win that game over a good Alabama team uh, on the road, coached by Nate Oates. Uh, that's the most recent road win over a uh, Power 5 team. Stansbury, 1-2 and two against Louisville. Also, fun fact. That's what that game I seen that same year was when I think it was the uh, Louisiana Tech game where they had six people on the court for like the last yeah. like, minute and a half of the game or yeah. something. And I've never noticed it. It was a weird no, – that was a weird thing. Yeah. So we know we have Zan Payne. Yeah. Rick Stansbury has a kid who's a walk-on of the Western Kentucky team. How many teams? There are 363 Division One teams. How many teams do you think have a father and son coaching player duo? Oh wow! There's 363 teams. Yeah. How many out of that do you think have a, a father and son coaching on the same team? Uh, well, I know two off the top of my head now. Um, I'm gonna say nine. Twenty-two. Really? It blew my mind a little bit too. I was thinking maybe like 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 you, like six, seven, eight. Like I'm just adding a few extra, thinking they're out there. Twenty-two. I know, like, like I remember, Fran McCaffrey had a kid who played for him. I remember. I wonder how many of them are just walk-ons that just don't even. A majority. Yeah, I would. Twenty-two, probably what? Twenty-one of them are walk-ons. Because I don't think like is there's not a Bayheim at Syracuse anymore. No, I think they unless there's like you know a new one that we don't know about. You know, God, Jim, <laughs> Jim Bayheim super sperm just. <laughs> Just keeping the legacy alive for you another. Think, you think Bayham makes love the way he coaches like in the zone? He's I don't like, want to like, think about that. He just lays in one spot and like. I don't. <laughs> I don't want to think about that. It's like, <laughs> it's like, come on, can I get some man to man or motion in here somewhere? I mean, he can't be too active. <laughs> I can't. Imagine. He's old. I mean, yeah, he takes too swiftly to the left. He breaks a hip. Uh, Penny Hardaway does have a kid. Who plays for Memphis. Uh, I'm, I, I can't. I didn't know Penny Hardaway had a kid. I mean, I can't think of the other ones, though, but 22. That is a wild fact, and two of them are on the floor tonight. Uh, West Kentucky, 59 and well, 63. Who's, who's the one that was real good last year that went to the small college and played for his dad? But did, well, oh, he's still there. Mike Davis's kid, Antoine Davis. Well, Antoine, no, that's it. You're right. That, that's he's, not, he's playing now. That's not who I was even thinking of. I was thinking of the um, – Oh, the kid who ended up getting drafted who went to Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then his dad got fired. Yeah. <laughs> it was a terrible move by him because he ended up – Him having a bad year last night. Well, he got hurt. Yeah. He got hurt for like three games, and his draft stock plummeted. Like his numbers were not good before he got hurt. And like he ended up, he was perceived to be like a top five pick going into last year. Uh, Pat Baldwin was the was Baldwin, the, the coach. Yeah. I can't remember the player's name. Who's um, who, who's now who's been drafted? Um, I think it was a junior, wasn't it? Did when his son? It's Patrick Baldwin Junior. You're yeah, right. So thought he ended up getting drafted 28th by Golden State. Nice to him first round. Yeah, but he was like top five, and he. That's yeah. true. You know, for all the people who say like you can go anywhere, it's like maybe not anywhere. You don't need to go to Kentucky or Duke to be a top five pick. I know, but I know, maybe I know. not Wisconsin, Milwaukee <laughs> is your fallback option. And that, that doesn't count as is this year. But I was just trying to think of like that, that were actually good that supposedly played for the the father. Like you said, like you mentioned Davis as well. Davis is good. He's he became the all time leading scorer in the Horizon League a couple yeah. weeks ago. Um, I, McCaffrey's kid played decent minutes at Iowa. And Bayhams played last year decent minutes. So Both I mean, Bayhams were yeah, good, but yeah. I mean Buddy obviously was better than than Jimmy. But Buddy was a but yeah, but he was a baller. He was he was certainly very he was very good. I like your credit to Jim Beham also naming his keeping his kids in like seventies names. Jimmy and Buddy. Yeah, he's like, he's like everybody else. Everybody nowadays has named their has to like be most creative by naming their kids. Like not not worrying about you know how much they're gonna get beat up when they're twelve. But like Beham's like you know what? No, I don't care how old I am. Your buddy, your Jimmy. I like it. Yeah, <laughs> they sound like Hoosiers kids. <laughs> he's like, there's no be damned if I'm naming my kid Connor. 
<laughs> uh, speaking of, that's that's McCaffrey's son's name. He's Connor McCaffrey. It's, yeah, <laughs> he's pretty good. Uh, let's take a I break. His name is Connor. So I can't. Let's take a break. When we come back, hour number two is on the way. We will uh, we'll take some texts at 502-414-1450. We can talk more broadly about basketball. We do need to get to this Jeff Borzello story from ESPN.com as well. So more hoops talk coming your way. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. It rolls on next here on 1450 and 96.1 The Big X. No, I did want to start hour number two before we get back into the basketball conversation. I had a really cool talk with Mark Spiegel, who's running the the, the new Louisville Collective, the 502 Circle, which has, has gotten off to a start. He's a he's a really interesting guy. He just he basically is doing this. He's like, I'm not making money off of this. It's, it's not. He's like, I'm doing this because I've seen all the problems with the the athletic program. A guy like just like you, and I'm sure everybody who listens to your show just grew up obsessed with Cardinal athletics. Just loves U of L sports, and who has been just upset with the way that things have gone the last several years and he's like I'm, I'm the type of guy I've kind of done this in business I've had success where I'm like if there's a problem I just kind of think what can I do to be a part of the solution and he was like this is one way that I could help and he was telling stories you know the, the, the 502 circle I think they've they've kind of been laying low in their first few months of existence now they're going to try to make more of a splash you saw the, the Josh Hurd video that got put out there last week I think that went a long way towards educating some people about their existence and, and, and what they're trying to do. And he was he was telling me, like, the biggest hurdle that we have right now is kind of the misconception. You've got a lot of people out there that are just, they're still of that old mindset, like college kids shouldn't be pay, paid, right? Like players don't, they shouldn't be paid. Mm-hmm. And even the ones who are kind of on the fence about it, when they see and hear about things like collective or they hear about NIL, the image in their mind is like, you know, L. Ellis driving a Lamborghini and showing up and like, you know, flashing money everywhere. 20 year old kids with a bunch of money that they have nothing, no idea what to do with. And they're buying video games and they're buying, you know, all that stuff. And he was telling stories about what their money has actually gone to. And he's like, so many of these kids, you know, they're sending everything back home. Like, you know, they come from single parent homes. They need money well, to help. Yeah. And he was telling a story about, I won't name the, the player, but it's a, it is a big time contributor on the football team. And he's got a, you know, NIL deal with them, and it's just all it is is a social media post. He makes a social media post. He gets paid one hundred fifty dollars. It's not not a gigantic deal. He's not doing something for a business that's going to pay him five figures and or anything like that. And he reached out and was like, "Hey, any chance I could get like that money before I do the tweet?" And the reason was 
he's got the the football banquet coming up, and he needed some clothes, like like needed something to, that he could wear to the, the football banquet. And it's stories like that. And you also have some feel good stories, like Yasir Abdullah has inked a couple of bigger deals, you know, not just the tweets for a hundred bucks here, and he's taken that money and given it back to his school. Like I, I think that if people if people heard some of this, and hopefully the, the messaging will get out more as time goes on, and you'll hear more and more of these stories, I think that would be a good way to get more people on board with this, just knowing, seeing exactly what their money goes to. And the other thing is, you know, it's not just for football and basketball players. You've got, you've got kids on baseball who have, almost all of them have partial scholarships. And some of them come from some pretty rough backgrounds. And those kids, Dan McDonald's talked about it. It's been helped out a lot. And, and if you are talking more about the logistics of trying to improve winning, I think we all know what's happening with football. We all know how much it's helped us get big-time recruits. McDonald, you know, every situation with every sport is different. McDonald's big thing is if you've got, you know, he's not trying so much to get recruits because, you know, big-time baseball recruits, they're not hauling in gigantic NIL deals. What he says, you know, where he says this can be very helpful for him is you've got kids that are draft eligible as juniors. And sometimes you've, you've got a kid who's drafted in like the 38th round who maybe they – like they're not going to get big money there. They're not going to have a big shot to play pro baseball, but they want to at least try. If you take that kid and give him an NIL deal that will equal what his kind of meager minor league salary would be or what his signing bonus would be, you can get that kid to play one more season of college baseball. And like you see a little bit of that more w- with basketball too. Kids that would could go overseas and make, I don't know, $150,000, but want to play college basketball, they may not be able to make quite that much through NIL deals, but making like $70,000 or $50,000 is enough to incentivize them to come back for their, their one more season. So it was a cool conversation. I mean, it was just more me like being like, hey, how does this work? What's going on here than anything else? And he's not, he wasn't asking me to do anything. He was just like, you know, we're, we're trying to get word of mouth out there. We've, we've got some coaches that are going to be making statements about this coming up soon. Uh, he thinks that Kenny Payne, the NIL stuff has been a little bit just, mismanaged from a messaging standpoint. He's like, they've got money that they, they can use it. Like it's going to work out. I think Kenny's going to put out a message coming up soon. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, making people aware that, that they are willing to use NIL, just not in the way that I think maybe some other. Did he tell are. you whether this question I kind of had was what the, I mean, if you're going to be a nil, do you really have to be like in co in, in working hand to hand with the basketball program? Or can you just kind of be like, Hey, you know, if the coach, the head coach may not like nil, but don't worry about it. Just come to us. As far as they're concerned, they're not going to do anything that the, the, the university doesn't approve of. Like they're university not university or just coach the coach. Well, the coaches, okay. like, like they are, because the university clearly is pro nil, but maybe Kenny isn't. You know. Yeah, I mean, they work with U of L directly. Like if Kenny Payne comes to them and says, "I don't want you to do this," like they're not going to do that. Okay. Like, like, like they will absolutely abide by his wishes. Um, but if it is one of those, you know, you know. If you, if you can do something, do it. Like, you know, then <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, he, you know, he's kind of like he sort of confirmed what I've believed all along, which is a lot of that the talk that's out there about the numbers of these kids. He's like, it's he's like some of it's is outrageous. Some of these bigger schools with gigantic collectives, but most of it is not. It's not nearly what people like. The the, the talk of like kids getting two million dollars that are high school juniors. He's like, that's not happening. And most saying, of the current quit, players, saying like the kid from the the to Texas Quinn yours didn't make a million for sitting around for a year at Ohio State before transferring. Well, now that might be true. Like okay. the, those story, I think some of those stories might be true. But like the whole 
you know, people talk about like what, like Malik Cunningham. I heard the rumor that like he got five hundred thousand dollars. Like, no, that's that's not what happened. At all. And, and for those that are anti Neil, that's one of your prime examples to pull out of your 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 sure. Riveros is that this kid you're giving this kid a million dollars to sit there and then he's going to transfer and make another million somewhere else. I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, and I, and I get, that. I I I was not a huge fan, of, or at least I, I, I would li- I like to have been maybe like. <laughs> Hate to use this word because we used it earlier in a, in, a, in a joke way, but like put a cap on like the the level of like what you're allowed, what what you can give out individually and, and stuff like that. But you know, right now it's just till then it's just gonna be the wild west. And I'm I'm not a huge fan of the paying college kids, but I'm not gonna be like ah screw college basketball, crunch me. No, I'm gonna watch it and hopefully embrace it. And if I'm gonna you know I'm gonna roll with it. Yeah, I mean I think that there will be. I'm not, I'm not going to be he even said, like, like Spiegel said this. He was like, you know, I'm I'm doing this whole thing knowing full well that collectives probably aren't going to exist in, in three years. Like, eventually, it's all going to become university-driven. The NCAA is going to do something. He's like, but for right now, he's like, we're trying to help out as much as we can. We're trying to do something we can because if you're not doing this, if you're not on top of this, like, you're falling behind. And, and I think the, the reason why he, he mentioned, you know, Josh Hurd's message really drove up like their interest they got a ton of hits on their website they got a ton of more donations he's like we've had some we had our biggest donation ever last week and also i think jeff brom coming has has really gotten people going and they how can we get involved how can we help how can we get football on the right track to being you know nine ten win good again and it was perfect timing because you've got and i know the krc boys have talked about this at length you've got mitch barnhart in lexington who is kind of sounding like a dinosaur on on a number of fronts including nil and now you've got Josh Hurd, who you, know, you juxtapose the two, and all of a sudden he's sounding like the younger, the more willing to adapt, the more at the forefront of, of the ever-evolving landscape of college athletics. And it's like, as long as he's doing it, because Louisville seemed like they were when it came out, Vince was the same way. Louisville felt like it, it felt initially Louisville was going to be going into this full, full, full speed, and we, we weren't. weren't. Yeah, and and it was he just, said that he, he's like we were six or seven months behind where yeah. we should have been when this thing was getting going. Um, there was some confusion behind the scenes. There were some things happening that um, I think that U of L wasn't, they didn't want to happen. I and now, from Benz anymore, in RDA, yeah, but now I think that they they seem to be hitting their stride. And it's, I mean, clearly, we the football recruiting class speaks for itself. Like, yeah, that does. You wouldn't have gotten those kids three years ago. And now, I mean, you've lost Ruben Owens, you've lost Jaden Davis. The other 12 remain committed to Louisville, and five of them are going to be here this weekend. We feel pretty confident about Pierce Clarkson keeping his commitment to UofL. Um, Luke Burgess today, big offensive lineman recruit. He met with Jeff Brom this week. He puts out a message today on, on Twitter saying, I'm, I'm sticking with the cards. I'm sticking with my commitment. You're going to be able, and this is what I, I, I said last week I thought would happen, you're going to be able to keep the core of this class. I thought we had a good shot, chance to keep Ruben Owens. Obviously, that was misguided. But Steve Clarkson coming out and saying, you know, telling people, I'm giving Jeff Brown my vote of confidence is a big thing because he's the guy who helped. Not, not only is he the dad of the the star quarterback of the class, he helped put the class together. And and he's you know when he's on board with Jeff Brown, I feel like that's the reason why you're going to be able to keep a solid chunk of that elite class together. And now we've also have Brom flipping some kids from Purdue, some of his highest rated commits. I think you're going to be able to get some more players that weren't considering Louisville before from this 2023 class. And it's all like we got a week left. Early signing period is, is a week from today. It's all happening. But I'm I'm excited about this weekend. I'm excited about hearing what the the collective is making happen. Is there a part of you that kind of like, you, you, even though Ruben Owens won't be a part of us, we're always going to be a part of him thanks to the tattoo. 
I want to know what happens to the tattoo. <laughs> it's kind of curious too. I really like, I got like I don't. I'm. I always say like you know don't tweet at recruits, don't tweet at players if you can avoid it. But like I really want to like just slide in his DMs and be like, hey man, just <laughs> best of luck at Texas A and M. I'm not trying to flip you. I'm not trying to. I'm not going to say anything mean. I just want to know what happens to the tattoo. Yeah, are you going to leave it at five oh the five oh two sign or is it a cool story now? Like yeah, I was committed to this place. I don't know, but I, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I'm know. curious too. <laughs> I, somebody asked the question. Yeah, you know, we have. There's a million a And M reporters. A And M reporters. Somebody asked that question. I mentioned the the visitor list this what weekend. They bring it up at the uh, with the overall guy at their their prep party. God. Oh. <laughs> that be that's the other thing too. Like I keep forgetting about that too. Like how do they, how do, how does any player see that video? Like Ruben Owens follows me on Twitter. I tweeted that video like 15 times. You you, you saw it. How are you going to that school? Regard, okay, whatever. Maybe, maybe the kid, same. It's like it's like the YouTube thing. We don't get why it makes a million. Why people think that's funny, but you're, kids you're, do. You're, you're right. Um, the, this the this weekend, the visitor list it keeps expanding for football. We now know. Uh, let's see. I, I think seven current committed players are going to be in town this weekend. Pierce Clarkson already mentioned. Madden Sanker, the highest rated O lineman to ever commit to Louisville, he's going to be in town. Luke Burgess, who just reaffirmed his commitment, he's going to be in town. Will Foles, who's been I think pretty adamant since Brom was hired that he's going to be sticking with his commitment, the wide receiver. Uh, Adonis Green, he's going to be in town. Micah Carter, who we just flipped from Purdue, the San X product, he'll be in town. Raekwon Adkins, who's taken a couple of visits elsewhere, he's going to be in town. And then transfers. Dalen Austin from LSU will be here. Rodney McGraw from Penn State will be here. Devin Neal, the safety from Baylor, who we mentioned uh, yesterday on the show, he'll be here. And then Kiwan Brown, the running back commit from Purdue, he will also be here. So big-time weekend for Jeff Brom. I'm assuming they're going to the basketball game. Let's beat FAMU. Let's make sure that we don't let's make sure we don't have these players in front of like a booing Louisville crowd as we lose to the worst team from the MEAC at home. Um let's let's, let's we haven't asked much from the cards this season. I'm asking for you to not lose to Florida AM in front of a big recruiting class. And maybe 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 oh, I mean you can't. It's hard to ask for a for a nice crowd too, right? At this point, yes. I mean the, a supportive crowd, I mean, sure. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? You want to win or do you want a crowd? <laughs> At least supportive unless they lose. I mean, just just, just, just try. That's that's all we're asking for. But uh, a nice weekend there for Jeff Brom and company, hopefully continuing to hit the ground running. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Um, Texture says, who is really to blame for causing the most decline in Louisville fan spirit? Is it Sebastian Telfair? <laughs> Is it Andre McGee? Mm. Is it Steve Cragthorpe? No. Is it Neely Bendapudi? Mm. Is it John Schnatter? Mm. Is it Jan? <laughs> now, Jan just tweeted at me during the break. Poor Jan. Jan tweeted during the break. She responded to my show tweet saying, you know, blah, blah, like listen to the show, whatever. Jan said, probably won't happen, Mike. <laughs> You've heard that before. <laughs> I'm still a fan, but won't be listening for a while. We need to pack the yum this weekend. Huge recruiting weekend for Jeff Brom. Luke Murray's, remember him? UConn Huskies are number one in the Sagarin ratings. Why did we fire him again? I mean, Jan's asking the right questions. I mean, that's... We just fundamentally disagree on whether or not you can be critical of Louisville basketball ever. Well, it sounds like she's being slightly critical, but wondering why we fired him. Come on, Jan. That guy has kids, you know. It's a fair point. He does. They went to my mom's school. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> 
Yeah, we're both ways, Jan. I wish you'd be a little bit more positive about <laughs> yeah about Luke Murray, Jan. Might be more positive about the current staff, Jan. Are you saying that they're no good and that you want Luke back? Is that what you're saying? I mean, I'm saying it maybe, but I mean, are you saying it? I love Jan. I mean, Jan, she's she's mad at me, but she's still a fan. She's just not going to listen to me for a while. Well, I can say what I want because she's not listening. It's very much <laughs> like me putting my kids in timeout, and like I have to be like, I I love you, but you got to stop pulling your cousin's hair. You can't do it. I can't let you play right now. I can't. I can't handle it. Well, we'll get back to why you can't pull someone's hair in a second. But God, it happens every I mean, day. There's just so much hair. I mean, it's, my house. it's simple. I mean, why, why is Luke, why do we fire Luke Murray? Because Vince wanted to reboot the staff because we didn't make the tournament. I secretly kind of hope that Vince hate listens to the show every day, and he's like, "This guy." He's like, "Why is this guy?" He's like, "I, I can't." This guy. I get no flack from anybody else in the city besides this guy. This one guy. On the I mean, show, it's no, not even his show. <laughs> he he's, he maybe thinks it's you. <laughs> I hope not. It's probably why he didn't come on. I mean, I've been. I'm sure you're a nice guy. Nothing but again, you know. Just saying. Texture says Jam won those games. <laughs> Texture says, uh, "What is going on with the visit this weekend? What are they planning on doing? Are they watching the bowl game together, or are they watching a secret balloon glow? No, it's it's lights under Louisville time, baby. Mega Cavern." Hey, what is the top five light show, Christmas light show in, in America, as voted by some service? <laughs> Turn the headlights off, take them on a trip, 30 minutes under the Zoom Mega. I noticed, uh, what is it when you're driving here? Maybe you probably didn't notice it coming to here today because it's, it's it was light out still, but you'll see it was when you leave when it's dark. There's like a like a decoration thing or something on the side of the, the expressway when I'm driving here, I noticed the other night. Oh, really? I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's... I mean, I, I don't know if it's some kind of. I mean, it's like a bunch of lit up trees, and and I mean, it doesn't look overly fancy. But see, when you're when you're going when you're going back tonight, you'll probably pass it. It'll be on your other side this time now. Cause you're talking about like down the riverfront, on the it, waterfront. It's near, I don't think it's all the way to the waterfront. It's, they used to have a tree lot in the on the waterfront. I feel like it's near like where like when you pass like when like WOKY is on my left, and it'll be on my right. I've got no idea. Like maybe pass. Oh, you're talking about the botanical gardens. Maybe that's what yeah. it is. Okay, they have a, they have a little lights. Uh, you, you can walk through. Botanical gardens is cool. Like it looks cool. I feel I'm confident saying. Like that. when I'm driving here on Friday, like I got to get up here on like Friday or last week when I had to come up and do the, ba- the yeah. The that's right there on the side of the road. Yeah, it's right there. I, I passed. I was like, what is that over there? I couldn't tell. We're actually planning on. We're trying to go at some point this week. I've never been the closest thing. I've never gone to any of the the the, the, the Christmas stuff. The last time I did anything like that was. Um, Many many moons ago, I'm talking like late '90s, maybe early 2000s, and we would uh, we would we would drive right to like the rich neighborhoods and just drive through the rich neighborhoods and see the uh, mm-hmm. see the lights. But that uh, the last time I did it, we were doing that, and uh, as we were leaving, we ended up getting pulled over because you know we're driving a 1982 Ford Tempo through the Lake Forest. Yeah, through Lake Forest. They're like, <laughs> and of course at the time I had you know I was uh, I was you know enjoying a salad when they pulled me over. And I had to scarf it down real quick, and which really sucked. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Made for more of an interesting night, really interesting morning the next day. I'll tell you that much. But uh, yeah, that was that was like the last time I did that, and I was kind of ruined. I guess doing the Christmas light thing for me. There you go. Damn cops. Texas says the stream sounds great today so far. The stream's always better when we're in Jeffersonville for some reason. The stream sounds great on a on a day when we're talking about we don't want to talk yeah. about basketball. Yeah, vibes are immaculate. First cards win of the year incoming? Question mark. If we do win, do we have to do every show now on game days from here? I don't want to. Oh, that's very. Do you do you just hate basketball if that's if you don't want to do it again? 
No, I just like, don't say we win tonight. I'll, I'll do it. Okay. I don't know about Friday, but next Tuesday when we play Lipscomb, yeah, I'll do it. Do we play Friday night? Oh, because it's Saturday. We'd be because we'd be for Saturday, Saturday night, game. Yeah. Texas, could you all imagine getting out coached by Rick Stansberry? Oh, <laughs> I, I can only imagine what my eyes are about to see in a few hours. Don't we don't have to? I say can that. only imagine. <laughs> if even if we lose, I'm 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 gonna say it's not getting out coached. I, I have to I, tell I myself. I don't that. know if that's 100 going to be true. That does lead me to the the Jeff Borzello story from today, which was an ESPN Plus story. So if you haven't seen it, if you don't have a, uh, a content, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of insight. Spoiler alert, it's not great as far as it's, it's not going to make you feel better. Oh, wow, I can't wait to go pay for ESPN Plus to read that. <laughs> it's not going to make you feel better about what's happening here. Uh, he goes in depth about why Louisville's 0-9, why it, it possibly looks this bad. He brings up all the same stats that you're, you're used to hearing. Shocker, the 1941 team does get a shout-out. Uh, this poor, poor SOB is just like, again? Um, but he interviewed opposing coaches, a, a couple of them, to talk about, first of all, everybody just is totally perplexed they didn't get more help in the transfer portal. Because, and I know that the the common response, and Kenny Payne has even used it as an excuse, you know, well, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't get anybody. They, they were worried about postseason bans. Like, well, it didn't affect any of the other schools dealing with this. And every coach is like, you you absolutely could have gotten a kid that was averaging like ten points from the Colonial Athletic Association. Yeah, I mean, you might not have got Tyrese Hunter. Or, you could have gotten people that would be playing on this team right yeah. now and helping out. Like like that's there's no there's no way around it. Uh, I mean, and they bring up poor L. Ellis's quote before the season where he's like, "Everybody's saying there's not a lot of guards, but there really is. There's multiple guards. Everybody keeps saying we don't have guards. We have everything that we need." What's, what's Didn't age great. What's twins and Trevor fired Luke Murray? I did not. Trevor. Stop firing Luke Murray. I swear. Is it Vince? Is he tweeting no, that? No, it's his burner account. <laughs> I swear I did not fire. I'm back. I want Luke Murray back. They bring up the, uh, <laughs> Borzello brings up the recruiting misses. He mentions DJ Wagner, of course. He brings up AJ Johnson. He brings up Aaron Bradshaw. He talks about all this stuff. But the 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 most damning portion of the the feature is when he gets into the actual gameplay this year. And he, he, quotes, he quotes an opposing coach who... I'm assuming it's one of the coaches from either App State, Bellarmine, or Wright State because it comes right after the segment where he talks about losing those three games to start the season. And the quote is this, we didn't really have to do anything special. (laughs) They played normal ball screen coverage. They don't really zone. They don't really trap the post. You know what you're getting. Which is not what you want to hear from an opposing coach who – I would assume is one of the coaches that pulled a shocking upset. Who's like, we didn't have to change what we were doing. Like, like no, no special game plan to knock off a team that won a national title less than a decade ago and has all these inherent advantages. We just played our game. We knew exactly what they're going to do. And it brings me back to Sam Vecini's podcast thing that we talked about yesterday, where he's like, when you watch them play, it's so obvious that their, their opponents know everything that they're going to do. Like there's nothing that Louisville does that shocks them. I guess outside of when we start pressing when we're down by 30 in the last six minutes of games and then teams turn it over a little bit. The same opposing or another opposing coach says, you can't really pinpoint just one problem with them. You can't say, well, they just don't offensive rebound. I mean, they don't do that either, but they also need more skill and they don't have shooters. They've been non-competitive. I like how the only thing that you can't, it, 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 we're predictable on everything except for what our problems are. What's everything? It's like the only thing you can't pinpoint is how many, is the problems. They also talk about the KFC Yum Center. One opposing coach said the arena was probably one third full when we played them. The crowd was supportive, 
but there wasn't a ton of atmosphere. Another coach said, it's an incredible arena, but there's no student presence. I'm sure they were there, but I never felt them. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> it, it, yeah. It's also sad. I, I also saw the, the clip going around today of Kenny Payne from Kentucky. I don't know if you saw this. I'm not. It was him talking. And, and like, it does sound like a different person where he's like, we're going to challenge you. He's like, he's, like, he's like, there's no, if you miss free throws, why do you do that? We, we shot 100 a day. Like, you're going to have to get in the gym and explain yourself. There's no, like, loving them up. It's all like this place isn't for everybody. Like, we're tough on you for a reason. You came here for a reason. Like, we need – I get that our talent level isn't the Kentucky talent level when Payne was there. It's not even close. But we need a little bit more of that mentality than the whole, like, this is okay. Everything's fine. We're getting better. Like, like, like mentality. Like, I need to hear a little bit more of, like, the – I need to know, and he played here for God's sake. He won a national title here. He's followed the program. I need a little bit more of that "we're Louisville for God's sake" mentality that he had when when it was you want, we're you, Kentucky you, for God's you sake. You want pigs in the Bahamas, pigs? Yeah, yeah, yeah pigs. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're getting out rebounded by Navy and Furman, and you got Louisville across your bleeping chest. Like a little bit of yeah. I want a little bit more of the. Pride. I mean, do you, do you think we get that in? In practices, because in, in I have no idea on the sideline and in press conferences, it's all Eeyore. Exactly, it's all you know. Hey, you know, we just we it's the we same thing every it, game. We gave it our best, and it's know? a lot of this was a, a big uh, problem before I got yeah, here. There's only yeah. so much I can do. Like we're trying. Like and then when you watch, it's a whole lot of trust me. I, and, when, and when you watch them, and I know you, you you're someone who watches like the, the I think the bench and the coaching staff a little more during games than I do, but like I'll still try to like glance over, and I mean. I mean, you'll see some anger, I guess, but like, at one point, like, I want, I want, I want Kenny Payne to get teed up. Like, there's nothing. Don't be not like just, uh, just, go, just go up to the rap and just tell him, hey, look, you look like a, you know, Richard with a hat on. You know, just like, just, just say something, get teed up or something, show some spark. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't. It's I'd like to see something different because what we've seen so far, it's been consistent. I'll say that. Well, that's, it's just yeah, been I mean, consistently bad. Texas I mean, says, uh, also f basketball. Let's talk about volleyball instead. <laughs> we got Texas this, this right next. Is, it is no. We play Pittsburgh tomorrow night. Pittsburgh. Uh, Texas San Diego will play the first match. Louisville will play. Okay. Well, Texas is in it. I had that right. Louisville will play Pittsburgh thirty minutes after the conclusion of the first match. Uh, Texas says, "This is the." I don't even know what this is in reference to. This was from three twenty-five. I think it's about the the language question. He said, this is the best best point that Trevor's ever made. It's a great question. <laughs> Thank you. Texas says, Finally, you, my old man attitude has paid off for me. Texas says, you shouldn't use slang coined by other generations. I think that's a good rule of thumb. I mean, where do you, where do you line the generation, though? I mean. Well, I mean, they have, you know, they, they'll lay it out there. Like, you know, Gen Z is different than millennials and. I mean, I just think it should be. I mean, an age thing is, I guess, to me. But but they, you know, they have years for like what generation you fall under. Yeah, but that, but that, for some reason, I don't. They, they don't. They, they think I'm like Gen's, like millennial, and I'm far. No, you're not millennial. I'm because I'm on the cusp. I'm barely a millennial. Yeah, I mean, I'm. So you'd I'm, be the the generation just above me. Yeah, I'm. I'm Gen X. Gen X years range because there's actually like a. But they think Gen X is like goes only like to seventy something. What year I'm were you born? Eighty. Yeah, so you're Gen X. You're, yeah, but you're like the very last year. It's sixty-five to eighty. There's a group of like from people who are born from eighty one and eighty two who are nothing. See, I think if you're, I think if you're eighty one, you're probably closer. I guess it's a matter of how what kind of person you are, though. Too. I mean, 
I mean, you can embrace being a Gen Xer. You can embrace being a millennial, I guess. Texas, the blind squirrel and Drake's at the Summit uh, Paddock are the old people hangouts. Yeah, they are. Uh, Summit Drake's. It's the or Summit Keys. That's what we always call it. See, I always, my, it's the Cougar Bar. I, that was that was that was Jim Porter's and, and oh yeah, and that was in uh, in Phoenix Hill for me for me back growing up. And blind squirrel is kind of like the middle town. I don't even know what a blind squirrel is. Yeah, that sounds like a like a really corny sex move. It's the rich old people in Middletown hangout. Is it okay? Yeah. Texas has Jeff tried to contact Ruben Owens. I don't. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think that there's a. He's going to Texas A and M. Like yeah, there's. I don't think there's anything that yeah. could sway him. Um, like we said, I don't. He didn't commit to Louisville for the head coach. I can't imagine he would be swayed to recommit to Louisville for the head coach. Guess what? He's not going to Texas A and M for Jimbo Fisher either. Nobody does. Why would you? Texas has so far, Kenny's style has been keeping things close to the chest uh, to get the fan base on his side. Do you think that he abandons that and starts leaking recruiting news? I, I've got no idea. Kenny strikes me as a guy who's just not going to change what he does regardless, right? Like, he's not going to – he believes in what he does. He believes in his – the mentality that he's taking with this team. I can't see him. He's, he's never been big with social media. He clearly has not been big on, uh, you know, spreading news. We didn't. I mean, all summer long, we didn't hear anything out of him. He didn't do many speaking appearances. You didn't have stories breaking. He wasn't nope. leaking stuff to to a writer or anything here or there. And so we all were like, "I hope this is good. I hope there's good stuff happening behind the scenes." Turns out, not not really. Like we we didn't. <laughs> we kept waiting for those big recruiting bombshells to happen, and they just didn't. Um, but I I mean, if there were good recruiting news to leak, then maybe. But like every recruiting person that I talked to. I keep being like, hey, 2024, like, is, these kids visited. Are we doing well? And they're like, you guys are not leading for any of these kids. So not great. Like, that's going to have to change. What was he saying to him? You got to get him to a balloon glow. I mean, something. Take him to, take him to that, uh, that, that Christmas show thing we were just talking about, the, uh, the gardens place. Botanical gardens. Yeah, take him there. Have you guys been across a walking bridge before? Yeah, you ever walked across the river? Go to Parlor Pizza style. right when we get across. <laughs> it's going to be incredible. Put, bring him on the Big X. We'll get, put you on the radio. Yeah, I'll give him, you know what? I'll give you a show. You can be on in the You can come on right after we do. We got we have airtime. We got airtime to get. You want you want you want a weekend show? You got it. We can take off whatever show that is that leads into us. It's like <laughs> the Wokesters. I'm like, what, what is on here? What's going on? It's that Fred Nation, a cousin idiot. <laughs> Speaking of, I, I'm sad that I went the wrong way. I, I went the way that I usually don't go. I wanted to see if the the house with the the giant F Joe Biden sign flag was still there. Oh, is there one around here? Yeah, Trevor. I've told this. I've talked about this every time we're over here. No, you, not every time. But yes, okay. I have. Because remember the last time we were over here, they had the F Joe Biden flag, but underneath they had all these like very. Joyful Halloween decorations, like right under, and there was like a, a child playing on the front porch. And now I want to know if they've got the giant F, F Joe Biden flag with all their Christmas stuff up. Like I need to see. I'm probably gonna have to go that back that no, way on the back. Way it back wasn't. Home. It wasn't our main street that you saw that, right? No, no, not not on uh, this Magnolia, street. Magnolia, yeah. But it's the one that like runs parallel to Magnolia. Oh, well, oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's great. I'm gonna check it out on the way back. <laughs> Texas says when Trevor said totes adorbs the other day describing Justin Bieber's hair, it seemed sort of sus. <laughs> it's like I having a stroke on the text line. What is that? Totes, totes, totes beware? Totes adorbs. Totes adorb. It's totally adorable. Texas says being a high school teacher is a good excuse to sleep early tonight and not watch the Western Kentucky game. Oh, I've seen, 
as much as I saw from the people reacting to my preview when it posted it saying, I didn't know we had a game tonight, I've seen far more of the, I'm not staying up for this, or I hope it's over by halftime so I can go to sleep. I'm not 9 even, o'clock tip tonight. I might, I might have started late, too, because I'm, I'm doing the high school game tonight with St. X, and it'll be probably 9.30, but I'm going to get out of here. Who's Santa's play tonight? I don't know. You know, look at me. Most people didn't know what Louisville played tonight. That's why you're the best in the best. <laughs> I know the game. The pregame starts at 645. Texas being a home dog to Western is rock bottom. Oh, no, it's not. No, no it's, it's not. Gonna, it can get worse. Being a home dog and not covering the spread against Western <laughs> is worse. And even then, even that I don't think is rock bottom, depending on how bad it gets. No, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's going to be Kelly, did you bottom. ever find my stat of uh, being a, a home dog uh, to a non-Power 5? I wonder. I don't know. Did you tweet at him? Uh, no, I don't tweet at people. Well, then you're not going to get answers to your <laughs> I questions. thought he listens to the show. Or let's see you do it. Sometimes he does. Yeah, I think, and he turns it off when you talk. Uh, <laughs> well, that, that's all right. I zone out when I talk. Texture says, um, Jim Baham should have gone with the, hey, meet my two sons, Frodo and Elrond. <laughs> Texture says, don't worry, Mike. I think you're pretty safe. You're not going to have to do the show from, Jack- from Jeffersonville every game after tonight. <laughs> The confidence from the text line is booming. Yeah. Texas Mike, did you hear the Jay Wright rumors? I've heard the Jay Wright rumors. Oh, is he coming here? Sure. Let's just, I mean, I'm not going to tell anybody what to believe anymore. Just believe whatever you want. I'm not saying he's going to be a coach here. I'm just saying that uh, there's rumors he was looking at uh, the house that Satterfield's selling. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the process of being made. Yeah. He's gonna finish building it for him. It's like two. It's like two logs just on the ground there. Rumors, Jay. Technically, Wright. I was building it. Rumors, Jay White is interested in the castle at Versailles. <laughs> I have heard the rumor. I know it's somebody on the the message boards who is apparently reputable who's saying that there's something to this. Do I find it hard to believe? Yes. I know that Josh Hurd and Jay Wright have a good relationship. I certainly would not put it past Josh to at least reach out and be like, hey, man, you up? Um, and try to establish something or at least see if it was possible. I'd always heard from college basketball people that Jay Wright, if he was going to leave Villanova, it was going to be for the NBA. I've heard since he retired abruptly last year that if he does come back to coaching, it's more than likely going to be in the NBA, not in college. I'm not putting anything out of the realm of possibility. I'm just, I mean, I would not get my hopes up that Jay Wright's going to come save Louisville. Oh, I was just getting my shirts printed up. Well, believe whatever you want to believe. I, I, I'm not, look, we're in a bad spot. We've never been here before. See, it says, look at my shirt. It says, Louisville's the right place for Jay. <laughs> I'm not. That's good. Right? However you can possibly cope with this. D- tell yourself whatever you've got to tell you. I, hell, if we lose like four more in a row, I may start saying Jay Wright's coming here on the radio. I may, I may just start making that up and just, just for all of our mental health. Um, Texas says, Trevor, this is your best friend. Can you place a $250 bet on Western Kentucky today for me? I'll cash app you the money. I'm at work and I can't get to Indiana in time. No, that's the no cap guy. It's, that's Say. Yeah, Say Sayzer. Say there, yeah. That's who I was calling out for trying to act like he's hip. He's 42 years old. He's not reacting to that, but he does want you to place a $250 bet on Western Kentucky tonight. <laughs> he called back three times on the way here as an answer. That's what he wants. <laughs> so he had to hit you via the text line. <laughs> Texas is Jay Wright moving into the metaphorical house. What's the deal? Yes. <laughs> yes. It's happening. The guy loves the botanical gardens. He does it, man. He's gonna, if you see Jay Wright in a suit at the Mega Cavern, just know <laughs> the show made that happen. Uh, we're going to take a break. Before we do, they're reminding you about our guys over at AirServe. If you have heating problems this winter, 
only one place to go. It's AirServe. Call them any hour, any day at 502-264-9662. They have technicians available 24-7 to come out and fix your problems. They're like EMTs for your air conditioning. Whether it's too hot, too cold, too dry, or too polluted, AirServe is going to make sure you're comfortable and breathing the highest quality air. That number again, 502 502- 264-9662. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Can you reply to say for me using slang? Like, are you are you capping me? Well, he did respond not on the text line. He said, bro, I've been ch- I've been chosen no cap for about three years when it teenage son. Oh, whatever. He's so full of crap. We'll take a break. More uh, more slang talk coming up on the Mike Rutherford Show. Keep you locked right here on 1450 The Big X. I don't think we've heard anything that's been made since I was like older than four years old on the show. <laughs> well, do, you, do, you, uh, do you know what movie this is off of? No idea. Three Men and a Baby. Okay. I don't, think, that, I don't think I've ever seen it. I've forgotten about comedy. I think it's known because the ghost yeah, the, story. The, the, yeah, the, the, uh, the, the, the cutout. I think that's the only thing most people know about it. But it's, it's, a, it's actually a good movie. A good comedy. Take your word for it. Oh come on! It's I mean you got you got Steve Buscemi and and Selleck and uh, I mean they're all th- and, and d- dancing on their prime. I do love Selleck. I mean that's Steve Buscemi, Steve Gutenberg, <laughs> Steve Buscemi. I was gonna say when you hey, said well, that I was yeah. like I don't I I, no. I, I, I think it's because I had Buscemi in my mind. Uh, yeah, it's Steve Gutenberg. <laughs> um, who we haven't seen since, by the way. Apparently, Jeff Brom was on Jim Rome today. Ooh. Just now, their their PR guy just sent me a, a clip, which I appreciate. I get that too from them. I know. We would, usually, it's just like it's, it's it's like one clip. I'm like, can you just send me the full interview? Like, just come on. Oh, I just don't even bother. Yes, <laughs> just make it happen. Uh, but they said great interview today. I don't know if that's what that's in reference to, but I, whatever. I appreciate it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to read this. I'm trying to digest. This. I'm trying to do anything besides get to back to the text line and take more questions about basketball. No, but, come on, contrary on the show now here. We're going to. This is, if, if we're going to have people like doing that, I, that's me doing it. That's, Your boy Cesar said, uh, I put that on wax. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> He's so pathetic. Like, just because you have teenage kids doesn't mean you should act like you're trying to be one. Texas says, what is Idaho guy? We're cool in our 20s, Say, I've known you since you were 20 years old. You weren't that cool then. Texas what does Idaho guy think about KP? He did text in earlier. I saw that he texted. I didn't read his text. Um, let, me, let me go down here. What, what, Do we, does Idaho guy needs his name needs to be put in there? Here he goes. Uh, we said so. We had text just now. I said, "What does Idaho guy think about um, KP?" He said earlier today, three fifty. A Boise State guy is going to beat Louisville tonight at basketball. 
Rick, Rick Stansbury's from Boise State? No, Emmanuel Acott, their second scorer, is a Boise State transfer. Oh, that's right, because yeah, he got he went from Arizona to Boise to here. Correct. Yeah, exactly. Right, yeah, he's, right. he's good. Yeah, he I mean, you know what? Having to agree with a lot of what Boise guys said over the years on the show, <laughs> I'm not going to fight him on that one. He's probably right. He's probably going to wind up being correct there. I hate to admit it. Uh, TJ Walker texted in earlier, too. Hey, TJ, what up, buddy? He said the lights at the Botanical Gardens is cool, and it's cool any time of the year. Trevor Mike would go home 64, not 71. That's correct. Oh, that's right. Okay, you don't go, you don't go 71. Yeah, then never mind. You wouldn't see it. I do, you do see it, though, from – yeah, you, you see it from 71. Yeah, because that's, 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 right, that's the way I get here, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I've, seen, I've driven past – TJ knows where we're what I'm going talking about. When we were going for the volleyball game, we actually I saw it uh, going down that way. And the Botanical Gardens is cool. Like, it's we – I thought you would – yeah, no, you take like you, yeah, you get you, you yeah, on the bridge. You we went uh, when it first opened, yeah. and it was still like it was not fully developed. The little walking area hadn't been fully. It was still cool then. I'm excited to go back. Texas says Jan needs to be in the intro video. <laughs> Good luck, Jan. Voice that bad. It's not as easy as people think it is. Not as easy to lead this team, this program to victories. I do it. People are finding that out firsthand this year, blaming me for last year. That is the one saving grace of what we're what we're going through right now. Is it looks like you saved last the year. The season maybe. where I in- voiced the intro video is no longer the worst season of my lifetime. So, oh, I, yeah, I, God knows, there's no there's way. That. That, there's no way that we're going to even like be able to say this after this year, right? Like, this has to be it, right? Like, Surely to God. I mean, if, if we go like two, I mean, obviously, if you only win two games, winning zero would be worse. But I mean, there's no way it can get worse than this right now. There's no way. There, I, I feel. Con- I said, especially it, the first month. I've said so it multiple times that I've been wrong. I feel confident saying, if we're talking about the overall season, there's no way it's ever worse than it is right now. <laughs> I mean, there's no way. There's no way. Texas, what's the word on DeAndre Moore? Also, why would you ever take the recruits to the basketball game this weekend? Well, the facilities are still cool. And maybe the students will have some signs for them. I don't I don't. It, they're going to win. That's, you, that's you, the other you, thing. You might stop at facilities, man. <laughs> it's pretty much. It's a cool arena. It speaks pretty Loudly walking in that place. Less words do good. What else is going on this weekend? We Harlow concert on Sunday. That's the big oh, thing. Oh, they can meet Dulipi. Dulipa, I don't think she's in town. Oh, come on, she's not going to support her man. I think she's probably doing her own thing. Independent woman. Okay. I mean, let, let, let us not forget the one big player that that Kenny Payne has gotten since he arrived here. Jack Harlow was the guy that he met with. And convinced him to commit. Huntley Hatfield? Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Okay. Harlow's one for one in landing us recruits. Now, if you want to say oh, one for two, because Louisville Live seemed to be kind of a flop when it came to, to recruiting. This season in a nutshell maybe. has been, has been the, is the Huntley Hatfield dunk over Harlow. That's how this whole season, if you could describe it in like one play, it would be that. Because it wasn't even over him, yeah. Yeah, it's just been to the side and just generic. I'd forgotten that we have we have Harlow. Harlow's t- going to be in town this weekend. Well, Harlow needs to come do that. Yeah, come on, Jack. He's going to hang out with the football commits. This is a big weekend. He's going to lock Do it. He's locked it down for basketball. Now he's going to lock it down for football. So that's what's going to happen. You, you don't even take him to the basketball game. Take him to, you know, let him hang out with Harlow. Just go somewhere with Jack. Go to the private garden. What a bar, hang, what bar Harlow hangs out at? Our Where place. Um, <laughs> I feel like they, I, I know they used to go to, um, uh, what's that? Schaden uh, Fields. It's Germantown Bar. It's now, I think. I don't even know if it's around anymore. I don't even know if you're talking. Siden, you uh, Siden fronts, yeah. You could literally be making stuff up right now, and I have no idea. I'm, I'm, I'm aware. I could do that every day. <laughs> you could just keep saying, looking around the room like, stuffed uh, pennant. Yeah, I could say like Drake's, and you'd be like, I don't even know what that is. 
Uh, Texas, no, that's not Drake. That's uh, the, the cookie company. Exactly. Texas says, what's the... Uh, that was Louisiana Lafayette, and that was Ken McDonald's last... I don't even know if this is in reference. Oh, he's talking about the basketball play with the uh, the multiple people on court. Okay, yeah. That was, has it been that long ago? I, I I didn't think it was that season that you were talking about. Wow, I didn't know it was been that yeah, long. Yeah, that's been seasons ago, long before Stansberry when they had the six men on the court. Who did he say it was? It wasn't Louisiana. Louisiana Lafayette. That was okay. Ken McDonald's last game. Gotcha. I, had, I thought it was Louisiana Tech. I had the Louisiana part right, but then again, there's like four of them in the conference. So. Side and Fadens is the, is the bar that I'm thinking of. Thank you. Yeah, that's, side and Fadens? Yeah, Side and Fadens. I know that's where... Is that know, French? Harlow and a bunch of artists used to hang out there. I know um, like um, Jim James would hang out there a decent amount. They're big fans. The, the cult leader? No, oh, that's, no that's, that's Jim Jones. Okay. No, what, what side? Is that like French or German or something? It's what German. Is, what is it German for? I don't know. It's the name of the bar. Probably somebody's well, how last do we know? name. I mean, for all we know, it's the name of a bar, but he said something like a bad word. I mean. Did you just cuss in German on the air? I don't think so. Texas, how common is it going to be for us to hear that teams didn't even prepare for us this year, that they just used the time to play, plan for the team that they played after us? Well, I mean, depends on how many coaches are anonymously quoted. So we're just like basically a public, private practice? Does that make sense? <laughs> it's public, but it's private, but it's a practice. I used to hear the way that Rick Pitino would talk about, like, the walkover teams in the Big East, where he's like, you know, he he would basically let them know once they got closer to game time, like, if you don't beat this team by 20, like, you know, your, your life's going to be hell <laughs> coming up this week. <laughs> We're not going to show anything different. We're not going to do anything different. We're not going to do anything special. You're, you sh- but you should pace these guys. Okay, that would be Rick Pitino. What do you think Kenny Payne's, like, how he would he? But again, like, no, we're that team now. We're that team wow, that's yeah. on the receiving end. Like, we're not, we're not, I mean, we're talking about whether or not we're going to beat FAMU on Saturday. Did you, I, I know, I, I asked this question rhetorically because I know you didn't. The clip that was going around that everybody was sharing last night about Rick Pitino after the Iona game where they beat Princeton last night. You and your Iona sweatshirt, by the way. Though. I'm wearing an Iona sweatshirt today. They beat Princeton last night, and it's like a three-minute clip of him giving a standard Patino post-game interview where he's like fully breaking down exactly what they did well, what they didn't do well, like how Princeton outplayed them for the first three-fourths of the game, how they were able to execute, like, like just just talking like in-depth basketball and doing it right off the top of his head, talking about the 3-2-1 drills that they do and how you know Princeton was sagging off, and that's why we were, we were taking the mid-range game. We weren't following their game plan. And like every little like – every it was like an SNY, the TV station, account. And every single response – was just a little fan. It was like, oh my god, I miss this so much. I, do you have no? That's literally what's going through my mind right now. It was everybody. That, that's why. It, I mean, that's you, why you it made were three seconds into the into that into that, that description, and already I was just getting sad that it's not he's not back here with us. You just have that. I mean, he made you. And again, I I know people get get sick of the well, Kenny Payne's not Rick Pitino, and you know you can't stop comparing people to Rick Pitino. It's hard when like that was the last memories that we have of Louisville basketball looking the way that we all expect it to look on an annual basis. And the thing about Pitino, even when things were going poorly, even when you lost a game, he could sit there and eloquently explain like why it was happening, and it made you feel confident that he knew. The, you know, if he had the answers of why it was happening, then he's got the answers of how to make it better. And there's a, there's at least a chance that the problems that we're seeing right now are going to be fixed. They're going to be fixed soon. And by the time March rolls around, we're going to have as good a shot as anybody to win you know, four, five, six games over three weeks. And the issue right now that I think, well, one of the dozens of issues that people have with Kenny Payne right now, not only does the product on the court look like we have no idea what's going on, he's not doing a great job of like laying out what's happening. After every game, before every game, whenever he meets with the media, 
the answers to the questions are all, it's a whole lot of like, you know, we, we got to get tougher. We got to play. It reminds you a little bit of the Chris Mack answers at the beginning of his tenure that, and, and Mack, I'm not saying he's a, was a terrible basketball mind, but he did a whole lot early on when we were struggling of like, we just got to be tougher. Got to be more. And people are like, you know, we, okay, we get that. We, we, we do have to get tougher. Let's do that. But also there's some other stuff happening right now that, that needs to be fixed. Can you go into that detail? We have to execute better. Yeah, we got to. And with Kenny Payne, it's just a whole lot of, you know, we're broken. It's, it's a lot of the stuff that we're dealing with right now is because things that happened before I was here. <laughs> got to love them up. Got to, you know, we got to learn how to win. We're struggling. It might get worse. And, like, I, I think people want to hear specifics. And it, it reminds me a little bit of this summer when, you know, you and I would debate on the radio, like, we don't even know what his system's going to be. We don't know what we're going to try to do offensively or defensively. And the very first question that he gets at his introductory press conference is from Brett Dawson, who's a basketball nerd like we are, and asked that question. He's like, can you give us some details about your system, your style, your philosophy? And it was a very just generic, like, you know, we, we want to play fast. We want to play tough defense. I feel like you have to be a defensive team if you want to win at the highest possible level. And no real specifics. And I feel like we've just kind of have continued to exist in that area. I'm not saying that Kenny Payne doesn't have a set system or that he doesn't have set principles. He just hasn't really relayed them to us. And if that's his, you know, just, just the way that he operates, then so be it. But you can understand why fans get a little bit frustrated feeling like we're not getting the answers to any of the questions that we have. And there are a ton of questions that you have watching this team play for any stretch of time. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I don't, I mean, I I, I can see a lot of the inner things that that this team needs to do. And I just, like I said, I'm just, I want to know how we're also going to fix them too. Other than just, we're going to work hard and be nice to the kids. I mean, give me that crap. I want to see them running laps. Yeah. Texture says, uh, KP speaks in LinkedIn motivational quotes. <laughs> a little bit of that. Are you on LinkedIn? Yeah. I signed up for it like 15 years ago, whatever. How long it's been? It's been a long time. And I like I created the account, and I never did anything else with it. Like It was one of those things where I created it, and I just never went back to it. And to this day, I still get daily text emails. I mean, about, they'll email you a lot. Like, like uh, Nick Coffey is uh, connect, should connect to you or John Lewis. I mean, people. I mean, people I know, but it's like, but it's just like I get them every day. I get emails about like local people that work here locally that I know or have worked with. They're like on LinkedIn. You should connect. The only thing that I ever do with LinkedIn is approve people who ask to connect with me, and I, I don't think I've ever done anything else besides that. I mean, is it like somewhere? But is it like a work version of MySpace? Right? Not really. Okay. Not really. Texas, why do people want specifics? They really didn't get that with Rick. Now Rick would call out a player, but it's not like he was giving you his practice plans. Well, he, he did kind of. I mean, you, you got a lot of what I just said, like the, the yeah, Iona interview last game. Stuff, yeah. Like he would tell you exactly, you know, what happened. I think he would be, I think he was really good at breaking down when he got asked a basketball specific question about breaking down exactly what they did or didn't do well. Texas says, uh, we're basically a third of the way in. What would you say is KP's basketball philosophies? I. No comment. I, I, I don't know. I, I, we don't know. Roll the ball out there and see what happens. We know we play man-to-man. He has moved a little zone. A little bit. Very small. Yeah, he's he switched to it on a, on, a, on a, I mean, I know we've done a 2-3. I think we've run a little 2-3 matchup as well. Uh, I, I want to say, we. I think we, we, we ran, didn't we run like a 1-3-1 one, one or almost like at one point, I think? I don't think so. Could have swore we ran like a, a a more gimmicky zone at one point. We've pressed when we've been down big late. I mean, I'm not saying we it. ran it for the long game, but we ran it for like a possession or two. I know that. I haven't seen it if that's happened. 
Texas Patino spit more basketball in that clip than we've heard from KP in nine months. I think that's the problem that people have is we it's bad. It's real bad. And we all again, the only thing that you have to hold on to if you have hope for the future is this trust in KP philosophy, right? We have nothing tangible. The, the product on the court has been worse than any of us have ever seen it. Recruiting is not doing anything. Transfer portal was a swing and a miss last year. So the if you think that Kenny Payne is going to be the guy to get Louisville basketball back, the only thing that you have to hang your head on right now is just, I trust the guy. And I think people want to, and I think it would go a long way towards gaining more trust if we heard some specifics about, you know, what he sees as far as why this isn't working well instead of just kind of generic, like overarching, we're not playing hard enough sometimes, the effort's not there, like we don't have the winning culture, like all that stuff. Like we, I think we want to see some more specifics. It would make us more confident in the future if we heard that a little bit, but that doesn't seem to be what he wants to do. Texas, when are we going to start talking about volleyball? Next hour. That's what's going to happen, <laughs> 5 o'clock hour. Uh, keep it locked right here. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. We'll take some more texts in hour number three. Uh, we will talk a little volleyball, a couple football notes to get to as well, and then I'm sure more basketball as we get ready for tonight's tip-off. 9 o'clock at the KFC Yum Center. Louisville looking for win number one with Western Kentucky coming to town. Keep it locked right here. More Rutherford Show coming your way on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Seven straight days. It just—they're all like, we don't have to take a close. I can dream about <laughs> just the same eighty song. Well, first over of and all, over no one's over. confusing Jermaine Stewart with Dan Harmon. I, I kind of and They sound very, very similar. The entire vibe, <laughs> the entire seen, sound the is two? extremely similar. <laughs> Five o'clock hour of the Rutherford Show starts now here on 1450-961. We're at the remote UVL College of Business Studios here in Jeffersonville, Indiana. Uh, Trevor, I've got an answer to your. You, you asked the question. The last time Louisville was a, a home underdog against oh, a non-conference yeah. opponent, and this we were thinking like I think when you think I, I can't give you the answer as far as like a non-power conference opponent. The last time Louisville was a home underdog for a non-conference opponent, Michigan State in uh, yeah. Chris Mack's first season. Louisville, okay, that's not that's not bad though. Louisville won that game. Yeah, they did. So dare I say, <laughs> does history repeat itself tonight? as the Cards are a a 7.5-point underdog against a Conference USA opponent in Western Kentucky. Can they uh, they pull it out, win back-to-back games as home underdogs against non-con opponents? I'm assuming, now, we weren't weren't that big of underdogs in that game, I don't think. I don't know. I think I I would be willing to bet it was more slight. Probably three or four, yeah. Because that that Michigan State team was good. 
and we were still expected to not be good that season. That's when we beat in overtime, right? Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I'll probably look it up. I'm sure I've still got the, the preview there. But, yeah, we were coming off of – we played competitive games and losses to Tennessee and Marquette, so we probably – I'd be willing to bet not a seven-and-a-half-point underdog in that game. But, but probably three or four maybe, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that that's probably safe. What year was that, 2018? Uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah, November 17th, 2018. We were a five-and-a-half-point underdog. Okay. So, still caught. A Michigan State team that was number nine in the country. Big difference from an eight and one unranked Western team, and less, two who lost left. to Akron. No offense to Jim by Grossi. 20. by twenty. Ah, uh, yeah, we love because we love Grossi. But. We do Hilltoppers. It's gross. <laughs> e, Grossi, and it E Grossi. No, it's gross. What are you calling gross? He's not that. I don't think he's that bad. He's, I mean, he's nicely guy just because he didn't win in Ohio. It's also John. <laughs> what I call him, Jim. Yeah. Besides that, you nailed it. <laughs> Besides getting the first and last name right. Are you sure? It's, I thought it was grossy. <clears throat> it's it's gross. But it's spelled with it. There's an e on the end. It's gross. And this, in, in in certain parts of the country, including Southern Indiana, it's gross. He also won big at Ohio. He just didn't win big at Illinois. Illinois. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. Besides yeah. that, though, because he almost came into the Yum Center at Ohio and beat us. He was a good coach. Yeah. yeah. Beat Georgetown. Uh, 502-414-1450, the Thornton Sex Line. We're getting you ready for tonight's game between Louisville and Western Kentucky. If, you know. By, by what, we're selling, sending you alcohol? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we're, we're letting you know that it's a game that's happening if you didn't know that. You just remember now, in two hours in, you have a cough button. I did. You? <laughs> you just, I was just realized you went down in here. Well, this one doesn't work, and the other one doesn't work. So I, I, ch- I checked that one to see if it worked, and it does. Uh, Hilltoppers, like I said, seven and a half point favorites. It is an ESPN two game, man. If there ever was a year for this not to be on national TV, you'd, you'd want it to be this one. Cards lead the all time series with Western Kentucky forty two to forty. It has not been close in recent years, though. Louisville's won twenty six of the last thirty. They had won nine straight over Western Kentucky before uh, last season's ten point loss in Bowling Green. The history makers, hopefully, not back at it again. We do play them as frequently, as frequently as we do. Well, yeah. It's good. No, I'm glad. I'm just saying. It's just, I don't know. Uh, Kelly Dickey did, did correct me on one point. I said, I was. I blame the West Kentucky game notes on this. The last time that Western Kentucky has won back-to-back games over Louisville, not 1949. It did happen uh, in 1953 and then 1955. Oh. So there you go. That's We have not lost to them twice in a little under 70 years. Jim McDaniels was pissed that you didn't give him credit. Should have been. Uh, but we hopefully can avoid that tonight. We'll find out. I wonder if he was on that 50s team. I can't remember when he actually played. Do you have any confidence whatsoever? I mean, we have, we've talked no, about this game. No, I'm betting Western, too. I'm like Cesaire. I'm betting Western tonight as well. So you have zero confidence that tonight's the night? Yeah, zero. It's so sad to me that we're sitting here again talking about a eight one, eight, an 8 and 1 Western Kentucky team. They're fine. They're fine. They're not great. They're not, no. they're not top 25 good. They're not going to get an at large bid to the NCAA tournament if they don't win the CUSA tournament. That type of team. We're talking about them coming in here to the KFC Yum Center and not just like saying, this could be a dangerous game. Like, hope our guys are ready for it. Like, I'm a little bit nervous about this one. Having no hope whatsoever. Like, there's not one Louisville fan out there that I've heard who's like, we got this. We're going to win this game tonight. Now, you've got the the perpetually optimistic Louisville fans out there, the Jans, who love you, Jan. I know you're not listening. I know you hate the show now who are going to just every game, doesn't matter who we're playing, they're like, we're going to win. Go Cards. Like, that fan's going... But the 
the other segment of the the fan base, the other ninety percent that are viewing things objectively, they're realistic. Not only are they saying like, you know, probably not a good shot that we, you know, we're probably going to lose tonight. They're like, we have no hope, and that's. I hate to say it. I laid it out there in the first hour. It's it's how I feel at this point. Yeah. Until I'm and we've got eleven games under our belt, or nine games and two exhibitions. They have not played with the effort level, the focus, or the desire that leads me to believe that they can beat an opponent who's good enough like Western Kentucky is. Maybe could that change tonight? Of course. We're all waiting for that, you know, light bulb moment to happen or that that clicking moment to happen where they come out and just at least play hard for 40 full minutes. If they play with the effort level and the energy and the attention to detail that they played with in the first half of the Cincinnati game or the first half of the Arkansas game, they could absolutely win tonight. Western is, they're fine. They're a good team. They're not a team that should beat any power conference opponent. Well, I'm not going to say that. Most power conference opponents who come out and play their B or B-plus game. If we played an A game, whatever that looks like for us, hopefully we'll find out one day. I mean, we, what's, what's they our, could win tonight. But what faith do you have in that happening? Less than I do us winning the game anyway. Exactly. It, it just to be honest with you. I mean, I just we I keep mean, waiting for it to get better, ma- and it doesn't. I mean, this is just also just kind of a bad matchup for us, which is pretty much any matchup at this point. Like any any team that has a pulse is a bad matchup for us. But this is also with you know we we, we saw what Sharp did to us last year. I know he's not playing as well this year, but. I mean, Frampton just is the type of guy that I mean, oh God! I mean, we saw we saw four lesser talented Framptons at Bellarmine do to us. I mean, in in Acott's a, a, a serviceable player is is McKnight. I mean, there's they're like you said they're they're a decent team, and they're a team that's that's athletic enough and has the size to probably beat us by thirty. The other thing too is you know like Western always gets up for this game like they're not one of these teams from a, a lower mid major conference who's good but maybe is overlooking you a little bit because you've been so bad which is a depressing statement to read in and of itself but Western's always going to be up for this game it's personal for them their fan base feels like they're you know, the slighted third brother like they these players are going to want it. And you do have a healthy amount of local kids. I know last year they had like five Mr. Basketballs on their team. I think there's still two on this year's roster. So you've got some local kids that maybe felt like they should have been good enough to go to Louisville and didn't get a look from the cards. Like, you know they're going to get their best effort. I mean, and, there's in their starting lineup right now. I wouldn't put on our team. Yeah, I mean, they, they all would, would play for us, for sure. Yeah, like easy. They've got shooters. We don't have shooters. They've got size. We've got size. It just has not produced. They haven't played big. And the other thing about this Western team, they shoot it really well, and that it forces you to not overhelp when you have a guy like Davian McKnight, who's not a great outside shooter, but who is tremendous at getting into the lane and scoring there. You can't just fly down to the lane and leave your guy because Emmanuel Acott shoots forty six percent from three. The um, um, name is now Frampton. Luke Frampton shoots fifty eight point three percent from three. Like they have lights out, knockdown shooters on the perimeter. Both of those players can also put the ball on the on the court as well. Eh, Frampton a little bit. Eh, yeah, Acott bad. definitely can. Yeah. Jarris Hamilton, who played at Boston College, we saw him there a couple of seasons before he transferred to to Western. Is the like do everything guy? Is always going to give you a solid effort. Always going to give you like, around ten points and, and nine rebounds. Like he's that type of guy that we wish we had on this team. And I think about it, watching Acott and Hamilton and and even um, uh, McKnight play. Their effort never dwindles. They play so hard, and we have not matched that at any point this season. And so when you know that you're going to get that type of effort from the, their core guys, and we a lot of times just 
can't do it consistently, that also makes you, I think, weary of, of predicting a victory tonight. So besides that, though, <laughs> look, I'm, I, in, in, in all seriousness. You take all that off in, the in, table, there's a chance. In all seriousness, I, I know the gloom and doom stuff. Like I don't like doing this. I, I don't like talking like this. If we get a good result tonight, if this team does play with that type of, if we let's say we outwork Western Kentucky and we win the game, or I mean, even if we like we're, are close to winning the game in the final minutes, and it's because we just played our asses off for forty full minutes, I would love to come in here and talk about some of the positives with this basketball team and talk about seeing some improvement. I thought we were going to have that ability. I, I, I thought at the very worst, if, I mean, if you told me before the season we're going to be zero and nine, or if you told me after the the zero and three start that we were going to lose six straight after that, I would say. I'm hoping that we're at least going to see progress. We're playing good teams on the schedule. We knew this was possible to have a rough November and early December. I would hope that we would be competitive. We haven't been. We've lost six straight games all by 19 points or more. There's no way to spin that positive. And have some of the teams been good? Sure. I mean, you could possibly say we haven't lost by 30. Yeah. Cincinnati's not an NCAA tournament team. No. Florida State is 2-9. and No. It's the worst team they've had in a long time. And these teams are kicking the bleep out of us. And we act like we don't care. Like Again, I am desperate to have something positive to latch on to, to talk about some sort of progress, to give some hope for the future. And until I see I can't sit here and lie to you. I, I can't go on the radio every day and paint a rosy picture when there's nothing, Sorry, nothing that indicates that that's the case. Like, like I, And I'm hoping, I, I'm hoping that changes tonight. I remain hopeful that we can see at least something where I can come in here tomorrow and say, even if the, the overwhelming talk is negative because we lost the game, there's at least a small portion where I can say, well, this happened and this was good and it was nice to see this and it was nice to see that. We, we're just not getting There's been nothing in the last few performances that gives us any opportunity to say anything somewhat positive besides like me doing the L. Ellis thing yesterday where he's, he's clearly like, like Kenny Payne hasn't lost the, the team, it doesn't seem like. If he has, they're not indicating it. Like It's just... You gotta call a spade a spade at some point. And that's not even me predicting that next year's gonna be this bad or, you know, this is just who Kenny Payne is. It's just me assessing the situation right now. It's never been this bad. We've never seen it be this bad. Hopefully we never see this it be this bad again. But while we're in this moment, we at least have to acknowledge what we're all seeing with our own eyes, which is the worst. <laughs> I mean, there's no there's no way around it. This is the worst. It's the absolute worst. Uh, 502-414-1450 is the Thornton's text line. Text says, I hope you're happy, Jan. You broke Mike. (laughs) (laughs) She kind of (laughs) did. This is not Jan's fault. (laughs) Poor Jan. We got Jan, we got Zan. They're both breaking me. (laughs) I love both of them. It takes us, Jan wanted pastor instead of pain. Looking at it now, Jan's a genius. I still would, I mean... I don't know if I would take Josh Pastner. Oh, right now? I don't know. I mean, we, we wouldn't be under, we wouldn't be winless. We wouldn't be winless. I think that's, that's probably safe to say. I, we still I, would have we'd have as little hope for the future. Oh, we'd have Pro- no we'd have less hope for the future. At least at least with Kenny Payne again, like I said yesterday, your hope has to be that he just has. And I I, I feel terrible saying this, but it does have to be your hope that he just has like a a bunch of just bad kids, like a bunch of bad apples. Like it's the, the kids are the problem, right? Because if yes. the and I don't think it's the case. I, I think, like I've said many, many times before, when it's this bad, everybody's the problem. Like everybody's doing their own little part to make this a program like Louisville should never be down this bad. When they are, everybody should deserve some of the blame. But 
if there's any hope for Kenny Payne and Nolan Smith and Danny Manning and the staff to be like national title good in two or three years, which is the hope. That was the hope we had when we hired him. You have to hope that it's the player's fault. Because if it's not, then like we talked about with Satterfield, what faith do you have in this coaching staff's ability to make us the elite of the elite like we've been before when the talent level picks up? It's that has to, it has, You have to hope it's the players. Texas, is there any chance that WKU would agree to let Zan Payne play Noah Stansberry 1v1 to decide who wins? <laughs> is this like the, the trial by combat in yeah, Game of Thrones? Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I feel, I feel not, not, not like we'd be the Viper and he'd be the Mountain in this scenario. At least we'd have a better shot. I mean, we would probably. I could see us being all co- being all cocky like the Viper and then just getting our heads crushed. Sorry for the spoiler, people. I would take Tyrion, like one on one versus somebody, <laughs> over like our overall chances of beating somebody in a, in a normal game. Tyrion versus uh, what was uh, Robin, the one in throw him down the moon door. <laughs> Give me Aiden McCool versus Marion Sharp in a one on one game. We, I think we have a better chance of winning that way than we do standard basketball. In a dance-off. Texas says, how is it that Penny Hardaway went from high school coach to Memphis and had them at a respectable level in his first season, yet Kenny Payne has almost 20 years of college and pro coaching experience and still can't win a game in eight tries? Uh, he did have more. I mean, he had well, some talent on that team, that first team. Plus, he also he's he certainly had more talent than we have right now. Yeah, and he's added some coaching stuff to uh, assistance to his staff as well. Not maybe not Martelli level like at Michigan, but he's I think then well, we had Larry Brown. It also begs the question: like, which would you? Which is more valuable? Having high level assistant coaching experience like Kenny Payne did at Oregon and the Knicks and UK, or having at least some head coaching experience even at a lower level, which Penny Hardaway had with high school stint. That's that's maybe depends on what high school you're talking about, but I don't know. It's it's true. It's a good point. I mean, and he certainly had, he's had more talent at Memphis than Kenny Payne has right now. I I think. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like our talent level is not that bad. I I saw Chris Hadfield. I'm thinking his first year though. His first year though, I don't. I mean, was was I don't think it was. He had enough. He had he had had more than we did. Well, because then he well because then he come in with with recruits as well. Yeah. I mean, I saw Chris Hatfield had this thing. I don't know what what system it is, but it has it took like Louisville's average talent based on their recruiting rankings, um, and sort of compared it to past teams. And spoiler: the, the teams that we're most comparable to when it comes to past talent, they did not win zero games. Like like you you had a, like a St. Bonaventure team. I think was up there that won twenty five games. There was a Missouri team that won twelve or thirteen games. There were a couple others that won eighteen nineteen games. Like we have enough talent, and, you, and nobody needs a computer to tell them this. We have, we have talent that should not be zero and nine right now and losing no. all these games by twenty points or more. Like we is the talent level where it's supposed to be? Of course not, but it's good enough to be competitive. I mean, not one of us. Not you know, there are some people out there who are like I told you it was going to be this bad. We nobody was predicting a one and thirty season or a two and twenty nine season. If you are, if you were, you were joking. You, you were joking yeah. about. Those, I mean, I got grilled. People hated me this this off season for saying I thought we might win twelve or thirteen games like last year, and I I was hoping that I, I was mean, being overly harsh. Well, I was I was looking at fifteen sixteen maybe. What well, 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 and some God, people were mad at you. God, for that. God help me. What was I? What did I say? My my like, expectation was not don't have to be your name called on Sunday. You wanted to just, be in the mix, but just be yeah. in the mix. <laughs> I mean, can you get any farther from the mix? Like people talk about the talent level now as if it's you know. Florida A&M bad. 
And the no. reality is, no, we all looked at this roster. We all, most of us, saw some glaring holes. Namely, we had one real guard, and I think maybe no true point guards. But none of us thought it was going to be like this. No, nobody looked at the talent level on this roster and said, that's a two-win team. I mean, love of God, there's, you look at our talent level, and it's still probably better than Wright State and Bellarmine. Oh, it's not even close, Trevor. Yeah, I know you're right. <laughs> it's not close. Like, I'm trying to be mean to Bellarmine too much. I'm trying to be nice. There was a graphic out there that said, you know, the starters on our national title team 10 years ago, we had one five-star, three four-stars, and one three-star. And it's the exact same with this year's team. Who was the one-star? What? Did you say a one-star? No, three-star. Three-star, okay. Would have been Russ. Yeah. I thought Russ was lower than that even in the ranking, but okay, yeah. I mean, technically, I think, he, I think everybody who gets any sort of ranking is a three-star. They don't, yes. they don't do two-in-ones. <laughs> They're not ranking the poor, like, 50,000th kid ranked out of Kentucky and getting like, he's a one-star. They're just being mean, like, he's a one-star. That would have been me coming out of high school. They're like, I'm like, I'm like why? I'd prefer just no ranking. Just give me the mystery. I'd be a half a star. <laughs> like, we, there is enough talent on this roster to not, I mean, and we've seen some of these guys play before. Like we know, LLS is not a terrible college basketball player. We know Jalen Withers. I mean, Jalen Withers was a ten and seven guy two years ago as a redshirt freshman, like with more competitive talent around him. And I, I just don't understand how we've gone to a guy. He's a guy now that's averaging two rebounds per game. Sidney Curry was extremely productive offensively towards the end of last season. He's a ghost right now. Like it, it all goes back to the same point, which is it should not be this bad. Texture says the only thing that gives me hope is knowing that this team pretty much made Chris Mack quit basketball. I think KP needs to gut the roster and start over with a new squad. Again, that's all you have to hold on to right now. And it's a terrible thing to think, but you have to, yeah, you have to hope that these you know, these players drove Chris Mack to near insanity and not wanting to, to to be around college basketball anymore. They're the real problem here. Once we have a complete roster overall after this season, we'll see the true Kenny Payne, and he'll be able to get more out of you know whoever we're bringing in next season, and it's going to be a lot better. Like that's, you don't want to think that way, but it's also the only thing that gives you hope for the future, the immediate future. I feel like you're just being delusional doing that, though. I think so too. But what what's the alternative? The alternative is this guy just doesn't know what he's doing, right? Some, I mean, alternative slash reality, possibly. That's what I'm saying. Like I we mean, don't, we don't. I mean, we don't know. Like, no, we. So don't. you have to just hope that he's not the problem. Because if he is, then you're never going to be good when while he's here. I mean, I mean, he Kenny Payne could be great in X's and O's, but the thing is, this team needs more. This team needs motivation more. It needs X and O's right now. It needs it needs to be motivated, and it's clearly not happening. And that's what I'm saying. And again, you have to hope that that fault there lies with the players. That he's like the same things that he's doing behind closed doors, the same thing that he's doing behind, you know, before games and during halftime. It would rally another group. Like we, we this team would be nine and zero if they had better players. If Kenny Payne was doing exactly what he's doing with this group, and it's just not happening. Like that's, that's the only hope that you can have for the future is that it's just it's the kids. It's, it's their fault. Texas, here's what's fun: listening to the opposing coach in this case, Rick Stansberry, try and say good things about our team because no coach wants to be the first team that loses to Louisville. <laughs> Stansberry was saying yesterday that this team is one possession away from having three wins. Good try, Rick. Well, well I mean, that, that's technically what, not a lot. That's true. That's what you go with, right? That has yeah. to be the go-to. Is you know they. 0-9 looks bad, but they're just they're they're three shots away from being three and six, and you know <laughs> not mentioning the three teams those are against. But it's yeah. like Dabo doing the best two and six team we've ever seen I've ever seen in my life. Like that's you know there's talent there. They, it's just you know they, once they put it all together, 
they're going to surprise some people into the ACC. I mean, if you, if you look at that, uh, I mean, you only played one half versus Arkansas. This team was competitive. And that's yeah, you, that's what you do. Texture says, I don't think I can watch this team play tonight. Nine o'clock game. I'd be in a crappy mood and not be able to fall until asleep until like two. Probably have bad dreams, like my dog taking off a mask to be do style and revealing that he's Mark Emmert, and then also Jan peeking in the window and then saying, "That's what you get for complaining." <laughs> Leave Jan alone. First of all, the Dutch sure, Scooby-Doo never took the mask off. <laughs> Scooby-Doo wasn't wearing a mask. It was the old, it was the old man who owned, ran the music park. Speaking of uh, Mark Emmert and the NCAA, did you see Arizona got its IARP ruling today? And uh, they're innocent. Nothing really. Yeah. yeah. The only thing they have, Sean Miller, the, the big thing there is Sean Miller gets nothing, um, who now is the coach at Xavier. And then, wait a minute. Wasn't he on, video, on audio making comments? He was. The tapes never really got out, though. That Mark Slaybaugh report apparently had some holes in it. Th- this is the funny thing. This is Shoddy reporting may have saved Sean Miller here. because oh, The old, the old Miami uh, exactly. thing. Because yeah. his – my understanding, talking to college basketball people, has always been that Slaybaugh got like the, the numbers right of, of this recording where Sean Miller was allegedly talking about paying $250,000 to um, – to uh, DeAndre, DeAndre Aiden, Aiden. Yeah. I've always heard that he got the player wrong, that it was actually Raleigh Hawkins, who Raleigh Hawkins did. Arizona, I deserve more of that money. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty good. Arizona wound up having to vacate the 50 wins that they had while Raleigh Hawkins played there. And I, it, it, I wonder if Schlebaugh had gotten the report right, if Miller would have gotten something. Because they would suck. have had to have gone after the tapes. <laughs> so the, their, their excuse of not punishing him. Is that the reporter got it wrong? Someone who they don't—it's not even—it shouldn't even be as moot in the situation. Well, the tape never got out. Like the tape, the, the FBI tape that Schleyball said he had his hands on never got out, and I'm, I'm assuming that he doesn't want it out because it would reveal that he was wrong. Um, so who no knows? one cares if you were wrong, Mark. Well, he does. He doesn't want to get fired. He'll probably get fired eventually anyway. Yeah. Hang on to that money while you can. Sports I mean, media. If saying. you have a job, you got to hang on to it for as long if, if as you, you can. If you work in sports media and you haven't been fired, you're not real sports media. That's what I'm saying. You got to soak <laughs> up that soak up that ESPN money while you can. But uh, Miller gets nothing. Arizona has to vacate some games. That was basically it. Um, they're good to go, and, and they've got a good team again. Like this is. I mean, and Bill Self now giving them those self punishment. He's not going to get anything else. Probably he? not. I think they'll probably just. They're pretty much going to wipe all this clean yeah. and hope everybody has men in black. Beamer things, and everybody's going to forget us. Well, they don't care. They're done. The IRP, after they handle these cases, they cease to exist. Like they've already said, we're dissolving after this is done. So they don't. They don't care. Like rules in the NCAA. You mean? (laughs) At this point, like I'm not going to get mad about it because we got it. You know, we got basically nothing. Oh, you're right. I know. And and I'm not. The only problem is we're not doing anything. Everybody now is like, I wish we had the excuse of having a postseason ban right now to not be excited about this team. And (laughs) if they were playing this way with a postseason ban, at least we'd have something to write it off for. I mean, I just, I, I'm kind of glad because I want to, I want to see what, what we truly have with Kenny and and this staff. I, I am though. too. I mean, so, I'm, I mean, just, I'm just making. It I know, I know you are. But Arizona, good to go. And look, this is a program that was caught in the crosshairs too. Like all the excuses that we've used about Kenny Payne couldn't go to recruits, couldn't go to transfers, and say, "Hey, I guarantee we're going to be eligible for the tournament." Tommy Lloyd hadn't been able to do that the last two years either. And they were a one seed last year, and they're in the top ten right now. Tommy Lloyd, by the way, a longtime assistant with no head coaching experience, who stepped into a program that was facing uh, turmoil. People pointed to Tommy Lloyd last year, and they're like, "This is one of the reasons why you can't hire Kenny Payne. Like he's an example that goes against the the criticism of him never being a head coach. He's a longtime assistant mm-hmm. under Mark Hewitt Gonzaga, never been a head coach, and look at what he's doing at Arizona." And I was like, "It's a good point. Like like it can be done." 
I mean, what was the, we are what, not having that success right now. Who is the other assistant? Who was the uh, the longtime assistant went to Washington is doing well still. Well, Hopkins is Hopkins. He's struggling a little bit now. Yeah, they, he had the one really good season in the beginning. They've they've been been more down than up since he's he been needs there. Needs to recruit. They they, well, they did lose a lot of talent off that first team. Yeah, I mean he got the two kids that Kentucky wanted. And yeah, they they overachieved. They played that zone. They've not well, they been. Had, it, it helped. They had the the, guard, the what's the name that went to Philadelphia. The guard. It's so good defensively. Yeah, they've they've not been Thibodeau or something like it's not Thibodeau, but something along that line. Yeah, they went uh, seventeen to fifteen last year. They were three five and twenty one two years ago. No, I'm sorry. And fifteen and seventeen the year before. So they well, have, maybe they, they have, do know what we're talking about more. Than yeah. more. <laughs> They're not very good this year either. They, they've not sniffed the tournament the last three years. They're not going to sniff it this year, and he's probably going to get fired. Um, hey, maybe we'll hire him. No. Texter says, um, Butch Beard and Eves took a shot at Paul Rogers. When this thing unravels, how will we all know it will? it's going to be so ugly with the 80s players? But I hope the next coach tells them good riddance like Rick did. Why are they taking shots at Paul Rogers? Paul's yeah. been nothing but positive. Paul's, Paul's like the most positive dude in the world. I don't, I don't know what they're talking about, so I'm not going to comment on it. But if they did, like that's that's misguided. Also, I'm just so sick of the whole like gang mentality of your your 80s or your your 2000s or it's like you're all Louisville, man. I said this when we were in the hiring process. Like, the whole notion of like I want to support the university and the athletic program and the in Cardinal basketball, but only if it's my guy is just so foreign to me. And I, I guess maybe that's the difference between being a player and being like a lifelong fan. Like like we could hire, I mean, God forbid. Like I, I was saying. If we hired Bruce Pearl, I was gonna have to swallow my pride and just I'd root for the guy because as, long as, you do as well, yeah. I mean, and I think Bruce Pearl is about as despicable as there is in college basketball outside of like Dave Bliss. But like this is like it's in my blood. Like I, I'm not gonna switch up. Like I'm I'm here for the long haul. I'm, I am a fan. I will support whoever's brought in to try and make this this basketball program as good as it can be. And I just don't understand the whole like unless it's our way. Like we, we get it. Like. You don't think he's worse than Bliss, right? He just says he's bad. Right? So I said, yeah, I said yeah, besides say, Dave, okay, something yeah. like Dave Bliss. <laughs> Bliss is like in a holy world of his own, man. The one good thing, and this is, I feel like we keep going back to conversations that we were having during the coaching search. The timing was kind of right with Louisville being in such a low place to at least try this. Because let's be real, none of us, this was a big guess hiring Kenny Payne. Oh, yeah. If you thought he was going to be the, the next Rick Pitino, you didn't know that. If you thought he was going to be a flop, you didn't know that. It was a gigantic guess. And if you ever were going to make it, if you ever wanted to appease the former players, the the people who've been pushing for him so hard, it was the time to try it. Because if you if it if it went poorly, like let's say next year goes like this year, and we're just terrible, and it's it's very clear that this just is not going to work, then you're in a better place to hire a more attractive coach at that point in time than you were six months ago. Out front of the NCAA cloud, people can come in. You know, Whoever you're hired is going to be viewed as the savior, and if he like, wins 15 games in year one, it, that's great, which is not our standards, but at that point, like we'll, we'll accept it. And if it did work, perfect. Like Former player coming back, saving the program, that's the, the what dreams are made of. But it was always going to be a guess. And if it doesn't work in two or three years, I don't want to ever have to deal with the whole, like, we're worried about offending past players anymore. I respect every person who put on a Louisville uniform. What they do every uh, every year that they're here gives us all a winner of entertainment, even when it's not up to our standards or whatever. At least we have something to talk about. At least we have something to do. We all love this more than we probably should, and it's due to all the hard work that these players have put in. They absolutely deserve to have a say. But you cannot let them just run the program. No, and 
if this if, if this doesn't work out, at least we will have like checked that box. And we're like, we tried to do it your way, like what you've been talking about since the, the late 90s, and it didn't work. So now, from now on, AD's going to do what he wants to do. Texture says, um, speaking of that mindset, did you all bring up David Akers saying that he hasn't supported UofL in years but was back in now? I thought that was interesting. I know I haven't heard that. Uh, that surprises me. It does. I love David Akers. He's one of my top, probably top maybe 10 favorite football players of all time. So uh, he's just back because of Braum? I mean, I've got two David Akers jerseys and an autographed picture in my house. I mean, David Akers is the one that started the whole trash talking in the second round by players of drafts. When he made that, when he walked up to the draft in, in Dallas and said, "Hey, the Eagles just won a Super Bowl, and none of these kids here were alive last time you won a playoff yeah, game." Yeah, I love it. And I mean, it was great. Yeah, I mean, David Akers is the man. He's the, I mean, he's the best kicker of the two thousands. He's, I mean, he should be a Hall of Famer. Adam Vinatieri is beneath him. Yes, I said it, and I will stand by it. And the stats show it. I see his tweet now that, that we're talking about here. He says he, he quotes Eric Wood and just says, "I'm so excited for Louisville football. I can now cheer for my old squad again." My old teammate, Jeff Brom, will be a man that wants the school and program to succeed, along with actually caring for the student-athletes. Welcome home, Jeff, and go Cards. I guess, so, was he not a fan of SAD, I guess? Well, yeah, so that's a little bit more vague. I don't know if that's him like saying that he hasn't supported UofL. Yeah, I don't. Like, I, the I, last I, several days. He may have just like not been a Satterfield guy. Yeah, I could say. I mean, because he's from Lexington, so I mean, he's a Kentucky kid. He also is a product of the Virginia Rutherford School of Lamaze. Yeah, he's uh, goes, his wife. he's a big big into the Southeast Christian Church uh, scene, I believe. Texture says uh, there's an audio clip of Eves and Beard responding to Paul allegedly asking why we haven't heard them speak and named off all the scandals and accused Paul of being silent on them. They sign off by saying, if you win a game, nothing else matters apparently. And then, and yes, they said, a game, not plural. I mean... Paul has been like I've heard. Is Paul, there some point you just want to tell Beard needs to shut up? I I mean Paul has been super supportive uh, of Kenny Payne. Like they they have been not critical. Like they're doing the best. Like like he and Bob Velvano both have been. Like I heard Bob interviewing him after the the Florida State game on Saturday, and he's you know, giving him very much like hang in there and all this stuff. Like I, I can't. I, I, Paul's the last guy who deserves criticism for being overly harsh right now. Like that's just that that's just silly. What do they think about me? I don't think they think about either one of them. They should. <laughs> Although apparently they were, they did. I mean, I think Jerry Hughes, I, I, every now and then I get texts from like, Jerry's calling you out on the radio. I'm like, I'm, I'm sorry, that's fine. I would, I Everyone's would, welcome to their opinion. I can't be, I can't be mad at because my grandma loved him too much. But if my grandma saw, I think if she was here today, she would be like, you know what? That's not the Jerry Hughes I taught in fourth grade. I mean, it, it's fair. It, if Paul did say that or whoever said that, like it's kind of fair criticism. Like they, like Eves is like not, they're not saying anything during any of these losses. There's no like defending. There's just, there's just silence. Like, and if there was wins, they'd be out here pumping their chest. Exactly. I mean, you got to just come out and say, I mean, if anything, just you don't have to say I was wrong. You don't have to admit wrong because there's still obviously much time to turn things around, whether you believe it'll happen or not. But I mean, you at least come out and be like, hey, listen. Been hard. We'll be all right. We'll get over this. At least do that. Do something. Say something. Yeah. Uh, we got to take our last break here. We'll come back. We'll uh, wrap the show, make some predictions for tonight. Before we do take that break, though, reminding you about First Bankers Trust. Most people spend more time planning their family vacation than they do uh, planning for their retirement. If you do and want that to change, let First Bankers Trust help you out. Guilty. Visit firstbankerstrust.com for more information about what they can do for you. Again, they're going to work with every client individually to help you meet all of your financial goals. 
beating WKU, going to a volleyball Final Four, bringing recruits in town for football, going to the Mega Cavern to getting those recruits to commit, making money, keeping that money, making more money. It all starts with one word, trust. First Bankers Trust. Go to firstbankerstrust.com. We'll take a break. We'll come back, take some more text, and then wrap up the show. It's the Mike Rutherford Show here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Radio mentality right now. It's the mentality you have to have right now. What movie is this from? Say what? What movie is this from? You've asked me this before. I don't think of it from a movie. Like I, I, I just, I love the song. It's a great song, but it was only popular because of the movie. Was it? Oh, I, look at the video. Yeah. I, I don't. I mean, I just know it as a great song. It is a great song. What movie? Pretty Woman. Oh, I don't, yeah. <laughs> don't don't know it from that. You don't love Pretty Woman like I do. I don't. I, I don't. Pretty Woman's a great rom-com, man. It's fine. It's good. It's good. I just, I don't think of, yeah. Yeah, but you imagine they were sitting around Disney at one, because Disney made that movie. They're like, let's make a movie about a hooker. And people just like, sounds good. It wouldn't go over <laughs> nearly as well. There's still parts of that movie where you're like, oh, he actually does sleep with her. So like, like, this is. Well, he doesn't kiss her on the lips. Not until later on. He's, he's. He, they do rom- he hired they, a prostitute. They, they do make, look, like, make being a hooker like something fancy to me, right? It glamorizes the, <laughs> the prostitution industry. There's no question about it. <laughs> I mean, if Disney was to remake Pretty Woman, what would Julia Roberts' character be? It's not being a hooker, right? A, a maid? Unsuccessful social influencer? <laughs> a YouTuber. Her posts get under 100 likes. It's the worst thing that's ever happened to her. Then she meets Richard Gere, who's like... Paul with Paul Logan or whatever. <laughs> Paul Logan. What's the, what's the name of the, the, the Logan bro- Paul? Yeah, the two brothers that are some reason popular and famous. Yet I just don't know why they're popular and famous. Logan and well now they're not even like influencers. They're just like professional fighters. Yeah, but they're not even good at that either. Yeah, well one's never lost. Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe we should, maybe we should fight him. Uh, 502-414-1450. We'll take a couple of texts here before we get to the end of today's show, and then we'll make some predictions about tonight's game. I mean, do we have to? Do we? I think if you've listened for any period of time today, you know that the predictions aren't going to be – we're going to end the show with I hope we're wrong. Let's just say that. We'll we'll, we'll give a little bit of a spoiler. Taxer says uh, Izzo has a kid. Trevor was talking about Patrick Baldwin. Yeah, we we, we got we finally got Yeah, there. we got to. We, 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 we came down that long road eventually. So Izzo has a kid too? Apparently. God, how did and this was kind of be like? It's, I mean, hey, this was up there. Speaking of people who aren't up there, I don't know if you watched any of this on. Uh, I guess it was Monday night. The LeBron's kid played Carmelo's kid. 
Bronny James and the other son uh, played Carmelo's kid on ESPN. And Jay Billis called the game the same guy who was calling the LeBron game back in the day when St. Vincent St. Mary played its first nationally televised game. It was very much between that and then I don't know if we've I know we talked about Mike Leach passing yesterday. We lost Grant Wall on Friday night, which was a huge shock. And I'd forgotten about the the way that I was introduced to LeBron was his story, the the chosen one Sports Illustrated story. And I remember and again, like for kids these days, like, you know, Patrick Ryan, if he's listening to the show, like. You can't really relate. If a kid nowadays is a prodigy and like an eighth grade basketball star, like everybody's heard of him. He's everywhere. Yeah. Like we didn't have that when I was in high school. And I'll, I'll never forget, you know, back when I used to read the print edition of Sports Illustrated, I came home from school. I think he used to come to the house on Tuesdays. And I saw this cover. I'm like, oh, this is, you know, like, let's read about this kid. And the quote that I was blown away was Danny Ainge talking about, like, there's not a player in the NBA who I wouldn't trade right now. For LeBron James, like he's like he's like I would take him at number one this year. And this is when he was a high school junior. This is when he was seventeen. Was when this was written. And I'm like, oh my god, like you know that who is this kid? What's going on? This is all just staggering. And then his legend kind of starts to grow after that. You hear more about him. His senior year becomes a circus. They're playing nationally televised games. But for me, and I think a lot of other people back then who didn't, you know, you didn't have recruiting services to follow or anything like that. The LeBron story really started with that Grant Wall piece. And then that game, his senior season, you know, seven, eight months later, anybody who hadn't heard of LeBron James heard about him at that point. And to see, like, his kid now playing on a similar stage on national TV with Jay Bills calling was definitely a weird full circle, I'm old moment. Yeah, and I mean, now we're now LeBron's hanging on by a thread to, to stay to try to be active. It's also weird that I say that LeBron's still younger than I am. Like, like I, he's four months younger than I am. We're in the same class coming out of high school, like. That's, it's, you mentioned that because I was, I was thinking about that with Tom Brady the other day when they were like, they, they talked about he's like 44 or whatever. Uh-huh. And I sat there and thought, I, I think I don't want Brady to retire because if he does, then I'm officially older than everybody in the NFL. That's how I felt about like Federer. I'm like, I, I need these I need these people who are slightly older than I am to keep going for as long like you've as got I can. A little, you still got a little while because you, you're, you're, thir- you're 38, right? 38. Yeah, so you've got, to, you've got at least like four or five more years, I think, until you're like older than everybody in professional sports. I mean, the fact that I'm older than like head coaches now makes me. I don't. I don't. I don't care I mean, for that. I've I've been that for a while, unfortunately. Uh, the other one is like seeing guys retire that you watched play in high school and college. I don't like that either. Like that, or or, or I mean, or the generational thing, which I know you're you're getting to as well at this point. Oh, all and, the players' kids now. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about yeah. I mean, those are like the steps of like make me feel old. Texas says, I hope we see a Jan says be positive sign at the game tonight in the student <laughs> section. <laughs> I, would, I hope I'd we do too. What, I would. That would be. I would love for that to happen. That would be just so great. Texas Jan's positivity hasn't won us a GD thing. <laughs> that's that's true as well. Just, yeah. Texas says I can tell by Rutherford's tone that the b-ball season has finally gotten to him. We all feel your pain, but I'm a fan of Salty Mike. I didn't think. I thought Salty Mike was done. I, I thought we'd retired Salty Mike. He came back for one special episode last year after the North Carolina game, but I thought we weren't. And he's just. Salty Mike has just become Mike. Like, we're one. It's like Iron Man. Like, I am the suit. <laughs> I'm just perpetually salty now. Well, Texas says, Bronny to the so. Ville, please tell me why the F not. Oh, Bronny's coming here. The other thing about that that Grant Wall story, because I did, I went back and I read it Friday night. Nice. He does mention, like, you know, there's this, there's this kind of throwaway line where he's talking about LeBron and how he's got college schools that he's looking at, and he'll tell you that he's looking at schools, but nobody thinks he's going to play college basketball. And he says, like, 
He'll tell you he's considering North Louisville. Carolina, Duke, Ohio State, and Louisville. And I was yeah. like, oh, I'm like, Bronny. Oh, trust me. I, I remember, I, I vividly remember that that saying because amongst my friends, that was the, the trash talk amongst my UK buddies. It's like, he's going to come to Louisville. He wants to come to Louisville. He's gonna, he might be at Louisville. God, that would be cool. I mean, <laughs> Bronny, write this wrong. Make it happen. Your dad I, wanted to play here. I mean, think about it. We'd have it had been like Francis Garcia, Taekwondin, LeBron James, L. Ellis. I'm seeing. I mean, <laughs> I'm trying to catch up now on the text line before we have to get out of here. And there's like 15 texts in a row about people just begging Jeff Brom not to take the recruits to the basketball game. <laughs> <laughs> Texas says, "Bring them to Dinosaur World in Cave City." Done and done. Dinosaur. <laughs> Texas that Jay Wright had no interest until the Cottage Inn reopened. The what? Cottage Inn. Well, then we have, you know, Backdoor. I don't know what Cottage Inn is. Backdoor Bar reopened. We, we, we brought back something else recently that was... Um, the Backdoor Bar closed? Briefly. Oh, I didn't know that. Something either. else closed recently and, and reopened that I think Jay Wright would like. We'll have to remember it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Texas, the only thing worse than this team is the Star Wars Holiday Special. I did finally break down and watch it a couple of years ago because it was just such. So, the one from the seventies, yeah, the one that like they just they introduced they, they wiped like off the, the, oh, the planet because yeah. it was so bad. They just like took it out, like they burned all the videotapes and like tried to never let it get out. I finally like I gotta watch this at some point, and it is it's it's not good. It's, it's very you know, they, terrible. I hate that, but it, it did introduce Boba Fett. It was the first Boba Fett. It was the first Boba Fett sighting was on oh, that, I didn't that know special. That. Uh, Texter said, "Learned about like Wookie Christmas or something in there." Yeah, it's it's, it's like <laughs> that and the Alf Christmas special, which Ooh, is that would be good. I haven't seen that. Oh, uh, it's one of the most depressing hours of television that's ever been put on. I, I can't even explain how weird and depressing it is. But like, like Alf's a character it. too that like nobody like talk, like he's such lovable. He's comedy. Eight cats. He's cats exactly. Must eat cats. Like I don't I don't understand. Like that's that's another one. Like if you came out today, it would never work. Unspoken, <laughs> kind of funny. If you actually saw it happen, horrifying. <laughs> horrifying. Horrifying. <laughs> Texture says, um, how do you think Jeff Brom getting the Louisville job affects the chances of the coach from the Cheez-It commercials getting the job? <laughs> Maybe he comes here Come and... the Cheez-It coach! We still need some staff members. Yeah. Texture says, I didn't realize we even played tonight until about 3 o'clock this afternoon. I've never been this checked out of Louisville basketball before in my life. You're seeing more and more of that. By the way, a little quick side note. Uh, there's the, the guy who created ALF. There's a cool movie played. It's played by Ben Stiller called Permanent Midnight, with uh, that just the the amount of drugs and like just antics this guy went through. Like he created Alf and he created something else, and he was just completely messed up in the head. It's him and Owen Wilson, Elizabeth Hurley. It's actually a really good movie Oof. called Sound Permanent Midnight. Permanent Midnight. Yeah. Okay. Texture says, uh, "Good news is that the latest. This is the." Clearest sound I've probably ever gotten from the show via radio, even as I drive over to Indiana to hammer WKU Moneyline. That's because we're in Indiana today. Yeah. That's why you're hearing it more clear over here. Texas, I want Fabio and L to start in the backcourt. I'm fine. Sure. Why not? Yeah. Try something different. I I would try anything, to be honest, at this point. Exactly. I think it is weird that, like, last year we were so bad, and we had, like, 15 different starting lineups in 16 games or something, and this year we've had two different starting lineups and we're historically bad. I'm like, just, you know – Start Hersey Miller. I don't. I don't care. Like maybe. It, maybe it goes better. Like it, it can't get worse. That's, that's what do you exactly, have to lose? That's, that's the thing. It can't get worse. I mean, yeah. I just throw some. Throw everything you can against the wall. See if something sticks. Texas. If someone needs to ask them, the the players, are you still listening to KP and the staff? Right. Well, they kind of did that with L. Ellis this week, and he was very, very complimentary of Kenny Payne. And I think, yeah, you know, just said like I, I tr- still trust in KP. 
The texture says the problem is even if you're going to believe that about the kids being the problem, there's no help on the way. Yeah. We're, again, there's nothing right now that you can point to as hope outside of just maybe it getting better. I mean, tr- again, killing in the transfer portal is the only way that next season gets better to the point where we're like potentially NCAA tournament good. Texas, I realize after contemplation that self-schadenfreude is actually a sadomachanism. Um, <laughs> this is what you've made us, KP. <laughs> Texas says, upset tonight, bet the 401k. Okay, I like the confidence. All right. Please, Te- but, I mean, if you need a place to crash after the night's loss, so just give me a call. Texas, we've reached the point where the Jay Wright uh, name has come up. Oh, yeah, it's going to keep happening. That's not going anywhere. This came up two weeks ago, buddy. (laughs) That's not going anywhere for the next few months. Why is MILF Island trending? I don't know. Right next to MILF Manor. Where are these places? (laughs) We'll have to find out. Texas Emmanuel Acott must have gotten a sweet NIL deal to abruptly quit on Memphis and go to Western Kentucky instead. Oh, yeah, he was committed to Memphis. He was going to go there, and then out of the blue, went to Bowling Green. But he's a good player. He would have helped Memphis for sure. Bowling Green, do they at Western? Do they giving out like Corvettes or anything? Maybe. I mean, I don't know. Texas Louisville basketball obviously needs more quality control coaches. We'll see how it goes in the Fenway Bowl. If we win the Fenway Bowl with three active coaches and fifty-six quality control coaches, then that be, that needs to become what Kenny Payne does. That's the fix. Take the titles away from everybody, but like like Nolan, Danny Manning, and Josh Jamison, and then just make everybody else a quality control coach. Um. Texas, instead of predicting the score tonight, you should predict how many beers I need to drink to get through watching it. 17. It's a 9 o'clock tip. you got you got plenty of time. You can go You can go for as much as you'd like. Start drinking now. Texas, I would like to see a five- or six-minute stretch without L in the game and then see what it would look like. I don't think you do. They seem to be better <laughs> when he's not on the floor, but KP only takes him out for a minute or two at a time. I, I know that it's hard to tell. They don't. To me, they don't look like they're, they're better with L off the floor. They need him, but they also need Ellis and are making some better decisions as well when he's out. Sure, there. there's no question. I mean, I'm not defending Ellis so much as I'm saying he's your only he's your only option. And they, the, the nothing happens on offense when he's out. Um, not a lot good I mean, happens on offense when he's out I was there. Say, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, 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 limited on options. But again, like, would I support at least trying it? Sure, because again, it can't get any worse. All right, tonight predictions. What do you got? Pain. Uh, Kenny or A-I-N or A-Y-N-E? A-I-N, okay. <laughs> unfortunately. Um, cards show a little bit of heart. I thought you were going to pick us for a second. Maybe man. a little bit of effort. Maybe get our hopes up slightly. But uh, it's in the end, it doesn't really matter. Uh, Western Kentucky wins this game by 14. This is This is the most positive I can give you. Are you listening, Jan? This is what I'm going to say. For the first time this season, Louisville gets within seven points of covering a spread. Do we have? So you're saying we have a even? We are we even have a lead tonight? I'm not going to go that far. <laughs> When's the last time we led in a game? I think we. I, I don't. <laughs> What's the, I don't think. I think. I think Florida State led wire to wire. I don't think we scored the first point. Yeah, I think we scored maybe Mi- the first point Miami against Miami. Led wire to wire, and so did Maryland. Did they? I thought we scored the first point against Miami. Oh, I thought we briefly led. Maybe. Regardless, we're going to come within seven points of covering the spread. Not within seven points of Western Kentucky. God, we're at the point where we're talking about when we've ever had a lead. <laughs> There's nothing about this conversation that's uplifting. I, I'm well aware. <laughs> no, far from. We it. lose tonight. We don't cover. 
but we cover the seven-point secondary spread when it comes to being within seven. This is the closest we've come to covering a so spread. Wait, you're saying we're not going to cover, but we're going to cover the secondary non-spread. Yes. yes. So I, still bet Western. I'm saying this is the closest we've come to covering a spread tonight. Therefore, the best we've played, maybe? You like that, Jan? We lose by 11. Western wins, let's say, 76-65. I mean, we're going to score in the 60s or 50s. That's what we do every game. I've got to say this. This is what you have. I'm contractually obligated to say this. I'd love to be wrong. The, the best part about this, though, is even if we're not wrong, even if we're wrong about it being this close, and it's like a 25-point loss, we've got volleyball tomorrow. We'll focus on that. I'm sure we'll react some way to the basketball right. game. I'm all about the setters and the, and the spikers. I'm mine's all, all eyes on December 17th if we lose. Yeah, Fenway Bowl, FAMU game, volleyball national title. Everybody enjoy your Wednesday night. Go Cards, beat the tops. We'll see you guys back here tomorrow at three o'clock.